0: Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to the Over in 80 Minutes podcast. This week, as you can see on the screen, we've got a cracking guest, over 140 professional appearances, played with the likes of Ben Ar' albeit at Saris, Bristol, Bedford, Wasps, Stalwart, through and through. Current interim head coach of Bristol Bears women's rugby team is Tom Lindsay. Tom Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good, mate. Oh, that, was, uh, that was quite embarrassing. Thank you very much. <laughs> you kind of forget about those bits and pieces when you retire from the game. But no, thank you very much for the lovely intro. Mate,
0: it's it's easy to compliment somebody that's doing a lot of good work. Like it's it's really not difficult. Like it's when you it's the best bit of when you look through people and you're like, I don't know how they found the time to do all this stuff and how long they've actually been in the game. Like, I was looking through it, you've got ten plus years in the game, professional game.
1: I know, and funnily enough, I'm probably the fit fitter now than I was when I played. Right. Like, <laughs> it's, it's mental. Mate, it's
0: probably just the knees thanking you. they will be the most thankful part.
1: Oh mate, the knees, ankles, back head. Everything is a lot <laughs> more relaxed and a lot better now. Supple. Supples. Are you supple too much? Uh, I'm probably more soft than supple now, just you, due, to, you, due to lockdown part 10.
0: <laughs> You're one of these boys that just lives by like yoga now, like post retirement, just yoga and spin classes. That lockdown, seems to
1: be the trend. Yeah. Lockdown version one, really got into yoga. Lockdown mm-hmm. two, really got into crisps and chocolate. Uh <laughs> now, now I'm out of lockdown. I'm probably gonna get back to yoga. I'm back in the gym now. But yeah, you go through. Like, There's only so much Netflix you can watch, honestly. And um, yeah, I did. I did hit a lot of yoga. Made sure everyone knew about it on Instagram. <laughs> but, <laughs>
0: mate, if you right. don't, if you don't do a workout and put it on Instagram, you don't do a workout.
1: Right? Exactly. My watch. Even my watch. If my watch tells me I've, I've burnt calories, it won't actually show me until I put it on Instagram.
0: Oh mate, did you have? Um, did you have? It was when they did that. Um, it was like run for five, and it was the five. Do the five k. And it yeah. was like the, the Strava and it was like, you had like girls breaking world records that had never done it and <laughs> like do it. It's like 5k sub 10.
1: Like, all right. yeah, I did it. Yeah. Roger Bannister's so wondering what the hell's going on. No, I, I did, um, I did it once. I went, sorry, I went, went for a run. I was like, Oh 5k I'm, I'm in good nick. I'm really fit. Mm-hmm. I did it, got to 3.2 K and my calves are like, absolutely not. What the hell are you doing? Just went solid <laughs> and carried it. So then I was like, Oh, maybe it's cause it was on like hard ground. So I went to my local pitch, 4G. I just mm-hmm. ran around that, got to about 3.3k. Carbs, like absolutely not, Tom. That's Mate, progress, I, did, I, did, I did it like three. Progress. Yeah, but I think that was that the, the extra, the extra 100 meters was me walking back to the, like walking back to the, the changing room, like Pingu, because I couldn't, I couldn't bend my knees. So yeah, I gave, I gave, I gave up on that, and I'm really into walking now. So I'm probably walk 5k easy now, but there's no way I'm running that like 5k. Mate, I was the same because
0: I got like you know how it was like the tag and the donation thing. So I did it, and I think I did, I got tagged on it on a Sunday, went for the run on the Monday, I looked at the time, I was like, ah, we're going we're gonna to do this again a few more times, then we'll post it. So I think I did it on the Friday eventually, but I was like, that's a bit more of a respectable time.
1: No, I just it's- lied. <laughs> <laughs> I just led <left> 3.2, <laughs> I went, yeah.
0: Yeah, five times. Wait, <laughs> right, class. Anyway, we'll probably get into the actual podcast now, but that's a nice bit to start up. Right, we're going to start right from the front, so... What's it like coming through the Saracens Academy? Obviously, you've got good stalwarts of the game. You've got Sir Jim Hamilton there, cow sheds and back, rucking all day, all night. What's it like growing up in the Saracens Academy? So obviously, you came through with quite a highly profile group of players.
1: So I was in the Sar, so I was in the Saracens Academy when I was 15,
2: 16.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, and I was there. Uh, who, who was in the academy with me? Andy Saul was there. He ended up going to Newcastle, and I think he's retired mm-hmm. now. Um, Alex Good was there. There were some fantastic players, um, and the current academy, one of the current academy coaches, Mike Heinard, at the time said to me, "Look, Tom, I was playing winger uh, twelve at the time, big lad." Like, uh, <laughs> this bit, is only had,
0: funny because I know where you ended up in the positions. So yeah, anybody exactly.
1: where you ended up is yeah, no, exactly. And right, yeah, I ended up, I ended up almost being diabetic. How big I was, like honestly, I don't understand. I got a fourteen <laughs> or a thirteen on my shirt, but Mike was like, "Look, Tom, if you want to make it in professionally, you're going to have to play front row." after he said that i literally walked out and left i was like i'm not doing, <laughs> no, i'm not doing that uh, so i left I left, <laughs> um, mom, I left mom it's
0: not for me i'm going to
2: basketball <laughs> it's not no, for honestly, me. honestly <laughs> yeah
1: so, i smoke grenade just disappeared so i ended up being picked up by Was academy then a few
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh a few uh, a couple of months later and ended up playing the backs for them enjoyed that and then when i was 18 i got told if i wanted to play freshman i i have to go to front row so i think it was one of those things that was going to chase me for life and I just kind of like bit the bullet and was like if i'm gonna get paid to play rugby I'll, i will do whatever you want so that's how i, I went from kind of salaries to wasp at, at that time
0: <laughs> i love that i love the thought of you going from like five meter channel dives to yeah chuck me in a scrum <laughs> nothing nothing but squats and red meat that's what i'm on there <laughs>
1: no, there was quite a few five meter dives but like it was it was more of a latch and a pick and go when it came with it but um, I suppose best, like play- best play- best play- best time exactly, time. exactly, yeah. The, the old meat pie literally five meters out. So you know, I, it was good having the experience of playing in the backs, the, under- the under- understanding of defence and um, and the vision and kind of the uh, the agility that came with that really helped when it came to my open play. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. scrummaging took me about. But I'm still trying to work out how to scrummage now, and I'm retired. Same with throwing; those things did not come to me very easily. And obviously, I moved yeah, from prop to the, hooker as well. It's the second row's job to
0: the second row's job to get it
1: exactly that's yeah it if, it, if, if it's if it's a if it's not straight yeah but if it's over an overthrow i just blame the lifters and the jumpers
0: exactly when you're throwing a ball you're told like if it's in here you
1: should catch it so it's the same as the top of a liner if it's in here you should catch it exactly no that's the whole thing i, I <laughs> think is though what was bad was i just i kept making that circle bigger and bigger and bigger and i ended up just being like yeah. <laughs> if it's if it's if it's like around three or four meters around near your head you should be catching it
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> this is just gonna become like a little like front row union in this course oh, like, oh, my oh God, yeah, yeah. Hook, hookers bring a team together that's all it is
1: yeah we're, we're exactly we're the uh we're all the, the jigsaw way. pieces that's gonna fix the jigsaw so exactly exactly if the, you don't
0: you don't want a single scrum if you've
1: not got a good hooker no exactly and it <laughs> no, it, it was really it was fun because the uh, prem rugby just did their best to try and retire me by changing the rules every two months from the yeah. age of like 18 to, to, to 33 the rules changed over, and the calls. It was like, what was it? It was crouch bind, touch, pause, set, engage. Like there was so many different calls every every pre season. It was like, well, let's see how it goes. And it got to the point where the referees before the season started were like, we're going to see how it goes. Uh, kind of, we reassess it. You know, when new laws come in, they're, yeah. they're, the new laws come in for about three games, and they forget about them. It, <laughs> it was it was really tough because we were kind of there was no. Um, there was no like blueprint or um, guidance to what they wanted and how they wanted to see it. It was kind of trial and error just to get rid of the hit. Obviously the hit was devastating, like a a meter or two, a meter gap was ridiculous when you've got five or 600 kilos, but it's just basically two small ships hitting each other. I mean, that's not particularly a great idea. It was a small car
0: crash. Like it was, was it Adam Jones that it? It It's like, it's a small car crash every 30 seconds.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And if you didn't get it right, god help you yeah you see what happens if you don't get that right obviously phil victory yeah. against the lions like he got absolutely he got sunroofed out the scrum didn't he so it's just it's, it's it is you, you have to get it right and it just takes a lot of time and also the biggest thing about scrummaging is the alignment you have to have the alignment between your front row and your second row and back row and it's it is all, uh, one in all in if you know what i mean it's not a case of
2: mm-hmm.
1: every scrum only five people scrummage all eight need to and it's a big buy-in thing it's a big culture thing as well
0: Oh man, i i will not comment because until like you said until i got shipped into the front row i was back row and i was like ah, 30 second rest here i'll just cling on
1: oh, so were, you, were you just a fact <laughs> were you a back row that was too slow or a back row that was particularly dynamic but the front row were terrible
0: i was i was a back row that realized he was better than average at under 18 16. and then i just kind of let the fitness slide and then as like, because I'm I'm five foot ten in a, an ultra boost, right? Like not
1: screaming. <laughs> in ultra boost, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. in rollerblades.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. So that was my generous idea So like roller coasters were tricky. <laughs> like it was the same as you. They're like, if you want to go further, you're going into the front row. And I just took that as an excuse of red red meat and red meat and beers. That's me. Yeah. I'm in. Nice. So I moved to the front row for there But like when I was on the back row, I was the worst for aiding a scrum. I was like, yeah, this is the rest.
1: Oh, so you so, were six. You were a typical six then.
0: It, I was, I was a generous six.
1: A <laughs> I gen- was there. I took five. Generous <laughs> six. Were you a carrying six, or were you like, oh, I'm going to carry, I'll carry it, or I'm going to make a big hit?
0: I will tell you that I was the only person that could play rugby successfully without touching the ball. I was there for counter-rucking and tackles. That was all I was there for. So you were like
1: Richard Hill, basically
0: mate i i've got dildos for fingers like it is dreadful fish tits yeah exactly just never works. so i was there i was the only person who can play rugby without touching the ball <laughs> like if i if i touched the ball we were either winning comfortably or the game had gone to shit and they thought we'll just pass the sap <laughs> or
1: you're like, just trying to like... hit the match ball at the end of a good game
0: <laughs> yeah like, i just don't know if you saw the stats but this is coming home with me that's the one
1: <laughs> exactly yeah i picked it up <laughs> before the game took it away after the game <laughs>
0: Yeah, five carries, three T-bring-ons, that was me, that was like, game ball.
1: <laughs> nothing wrong with that, mate, nothing wrong with that at uh, so,
0: Great. Right, tell me about Wasps, 11 years at Wasps, and you were, you were, I don't know if you noticed yourself, you were one game shy of 130 games.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> they, gave,
0: they gave you the 129.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, I was happy about the 129, to be honest. Um,
0: mate you your 33 just phone them up and go right just one game first game
1: yeah <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still in contact with some of the co- the recruitment there and stuff like that it's one of those clubs that, uh, obviously you spoke to calvin stoker about it it is yeah. a, a club where it's not about where you are it's about the people who make that club it's very nomadic but yeah so i joined i joined wasps in 2007 i think mm. and and that season, that season we'll, they won. We'll the go prem. With it, yeah go yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. And yeah, it was something like that. Um, and they won the prem that year. And I, there's me rocked up. I was, I was, I was festively plump all year round. Um, and I was turning, I was turning into a tight head. And I, so I turned up at the club in the academy. And in, in the, in my academy at the time you had Danny Cipriani, you had Don Warduck, uh Joe Simpson, uh, you had Tom Reese, James Haskell. Like there's the names and and the, the caliber of players that were there were unbelievable. And then in the first team, mm-hmm. Raph Ibanez, You had Tim Payne. You had Simon Shaw. You had Joe Worsley, Josh Lucy, Alex Kinn. Like some of these players, Mark Van Gisbergen. Mm-hmm. I, I could go on. The the team was just and your head coach was Ian. Mc, director was was Ian McGeehan. Craig Dowd, mm-hmm. uh World World Cup winner at a at Like it was. It was that, a must joke.
0: Be, that must be class like the rugby experience you can then like as a young player you can call on and you got like you're shown how to be a rugby player effectively just by like you'd get it just by osmosis just sitting in the room i imagine
1: oh, exactly like, like you just you just kept your head you just kept under the radar like <laughs> you just hope you didn't bump into lull on in the corridor because he was about a thousand foot taller than you were <laughs> like, but like everyone was so accommodating everyone looked after you um obviously there was a huge amount of different characters Sean Edwards was there and one of the most unbelievable coaches most passionate heart on your sleeve coaches you, you generally cared about you as a player mm-hmm. but, but if you got something wrong in training you, you knew about it um mm-hmm. and like he would always get involved in training as well like he'd always be boxing so I tried that boxing in the gym as well it's, so like you had all that kind of stuff going on obviously you got you had international galore as well it's that was th- that year and as they got to the final and the whole story behind uh, Tim Payne unfortunately doing his MCL two games before the final, and then the Watts were like, right, we've got two weeks before the final, let's have a probables versus possibles game. Like, who does oh, that mate, nowadays?
0: I, I remember hearing about this. Like, I remember, because like, I must have been, yeah, I would have been much older than 10. And I remember, I think it's like one of my favorite memories, you know, when your heart sinks for somebody, was yeah. that the same thing. He comes out, it's like, torn his MCL, and then you hear it's like, probables versus possibles, and you're like, Surely the first 15 were
1: just like, yeah, we ain't playing in that. <laughs> yeah, no, mate, like, it was one of those games, you, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've played in them as well. Like, those, <laughs> I, think, I think
0: you're really over-doubting yeah. my rugby ability here, mate. What no, no, no but there's, there's, all, yeah, there's, all, there's
1: always, <laughs> always games where you're like, I will play an internal game yeah, and you'll either get people that go real hard or you get played people that have got absolutely no interest and <laughs> like, you, always the young lads will go hard, but you just... If you don't go hard, you you, you can end up getting hurt. So so, so some of the the players turned up late to the game. It was at Henley. I remember it was at Henley. Players turned up late, and it was one of those things. And after the game, I remember uh, Craig Dowd and Ian McGeekin spoke to Phil Vickery, because obviously Phil Vickery was playing tight end, and the other loose head was Tom French. Mm -hmm. And um, they asked Vicks, like, how did Tom French go? Was he he good? They're like, he was class. I thought he was really, really good. Um, So the week going up to the game, uh, Tom French hadn't really had much premiership experience, um, got the text saying he's starting at Twickenham in the final, and he was outstanding in the game. Had an absolute, uh, absolute blinder, and he had Julian White in his back pocket. So it was it was things like that, that that made that year so special. And obviously, they were sponsored by Magnus at the time. So after the game, Magnus looked after us in a pub in in in, in um. In Richmond, on the I can't remember around about. I managed to sneak my three uni mates in, <laughs> just three uni <laughs> mates. My I love that oh no, no, I've
0: got plus ones
1: it'll be fine. Yeah. No, because I lived in Twick. I lived. I was at university at Twickenham in uh, yeah. Saint Mary's. So I just I've got three of my mates and they, and then one of their uncles <laughs> just rocked <laughs> up. And I was like, yeah, come in. It's three Magnus all day. I've got, I've got. They've got pictures with all the um, first team players, the CEO of Magnus. and like, we woke up the next day going, it's one of those things like, did that actually happen? so yeah it, it was an amazing day and it's like stories like that that you always cl- hold, hold close to your heart obviously i wasn't involved but i was in i was in the, the actual academy yeah, squad still but like but
0: you played you played in the provos as possible so that's like a whole yeah i, I, yeah. I, I, I prep the team i've prepped the team like they're ready yeah, for essentially
1: I, I trained i trained with some of them yeah that, that, that's basically yeah, yeah i've got that somewhere if,
0: if, if, if you were on bags a week before you can take as much credit as the guy who scored the winning try that's as far as i'm concerned about yeah uh, uh, exactly. especially if sean especially if sean edwards is like bags five meter channel oh yeah recession. of course yeah no <laughs> exactly and
1: I, like i never forget as well we were on the bus obviously we'd won and i think it was johnny o'connor <laughs> there was a uh, every everyone outside was absolutely steaming apart the crowd i think he got on he, he got a couple of just random supporters on the bus and just asked them to do a boat race like they didn't want to do it <laughs> they didn't want to do it but they were forced to do it and it was good fun like that's the kind of stuff that was going on that day. And oh, it was an unbelievable day. It was just, it was good to beat Leicester as well. A huge rivalry there. And I do yeah. mention that. To, I do mention that to Craner quite a bit whenever I see him. As
0: you should. You should, yeah. just, put it in, you should just put it in the bloke's chat right again, obviously, with Joe and Tom being massive fans, just every now and again, just go, show them the 07 final. What
1: a day. <laughs> oh, yeah. What a day. <laughs> thing is, though, whenever I mention it to Craner, he just shows me that video of him uh <laughs> kicking that penalty over in the Heineken Cup final when uh, Tom Shank, not Tom Shanklin, sorry, uh, Martin Williams shanked his kick. Over oh, and over yeah. again, that that, well, that, was, that, was, that
0: was the one up here, was it not? The one up at Murrayfield.
1: It might have been, yeah. All I remember is uh, <laughs> Crane giving giving it the, the the finger when he knocked it over. <laughs> the, but, the yeah, sheater, he, the yeah, he, here, yeah, yeah, exactly. He um he does make sure everyone sees that every couple of years.
0: Good, oh mate. Well, as you should like, you've got like like you said memories memories of what stay like people don't remember games, they remember memories. Right, but I'm gonna one, ask you. Beautiful. I'm going to ask you, so your time at Bedford, what's it like in the championship? Like how different is it being in the championship compared to the Prem? Because obviously it's a hot topic, it has been for the past couple of years. We we don't need to mention anybody or throw them under the bus or degrade anybody. But like obviously Saracen's been down there. Eli, what's it like in the championship compared to the Prem? So obviously you've just done 11 years at, you're 11 years at Wasps and now you're at Bedford.
1: So, um, so obviously I, 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 Needed some game time. So I was at WOS. Was, um, had to sign two years at Gloucester. And then halfway through my Gloucester uh, contract, picked up an injury, came back. I wasn't in the right place to be playing there. Uh, I got asked to leave. And I spoke to my agent. He's like, look, let's go. Sarries want to sign you. So I signed for Saris for six months. Amazing six months. And with that, I needed some game time. So they've got a contact with anyway, Bedford anyway. And every year, Bedford play in a mob's memorial game against the army. Uh, I played mm. in that. And I, I met Mike Rare, the legendary all-dayer Mike Rare. Um, I met him and had a conversation with him. They needed a hooker for the year after and I got in a conversation with him and next thing you know, I signed for them. So, I the championship is a, is a very special league. Um, it's a league made up of people that, um, not people, players that either are happy playing in the champ, happy being a, a bigger fish in a small pond. You've got players that are trying to come through the ranks, didn't make the academies that they, were, that they may have been part of. Or they're on loan, or you've got players who are coming to the end of their career and just enjoy, enjoying a bit of a jolly, trying to get a bit of a paycheck. Yeah. But the fact that you've got that kind of amount of players and coaches in a melting pot, you, you get some unbelievable experiences. And obviously, the league is split up in different different types of teams. So obviously, you've got the Eelings and the Saracens, um, mm-hmm. a bit more professional. Doncaster's going that way now, which is good. Um, and then you've got like, the, the Richmond's, who have got a, a very, I know. Richmond in the league. Yes, they are. Yeah. Richmond. Think, yeah, I'm got, pretty sure they are. Yeah. Richmond yeah. have got a very special kind of, everyone gets paid the same. It's just, there's a huge culture there. They're essentially blokes on good money in town who just come and play on the weekends for a bit of extra cash. And it's quite nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas, and you've got the Bedford's, you've got Cornish Pirates, teams like that. So Bedford for me, all right, Bedford's known for the um, the social there and free-flowing rugby. So mm-hmm. I and from leaving when I left Bedford, I was like anyone who wants to go and play in the champ, go and play for Bedford. Honestly, it's it's one of those places where you go back and you fall in love with rugby, and that's what I did. You mm-hmm. fall in love with rugby. You're playing it for why why you want to play it. Obviously, the pressure's off a little bit, but you, you've still got to perform week week in week out. Boys train really hard. Um, and Mike Rare knows what he's doing. Fantastic coach, great motivator, and he, he they don't do a pre season tour. They will always do their little. Get, get, they'll, they'll go away together, and they'll um, tie it in with the uh, memorial services in November uh, for the um, uh, for World War Two or One Armistice Day, and they'll tie that mm-hmm. in as well. So they'll do a bit of culture, and then they'll do go to go and visit the um, different cemeteries and different war memorials. But that grounds you as players as well. You get close, culture builds, a family environment mm-hmm. builds, and, and that's that's where we were. And we had some fantastic players. Um, Alex Ray was obviously coaching forwards at the time, uh, along with um, uh, with Heinzey as well, another forward, an ex-England player. And then obviously mm. Lee Dixon was there, Will Hooley. There was loads of players there, but it was fantastic. And my favourite memory from Bedford would have to be um, pre-season against Sarries. i just left Sarri's. We had pre-season <laughs> against them. We did pretty well in the first half. We were absolutely uh, we were knackered after half-time. They put on their bench and we got absolutely smoked. But like it was, it was good fun and uh, it was just mm. a, a boiling hot day. And it's just those are the memories. As you said, you, you play the game to make memories. And... Al- al- albeit you don't always win trophies or-, or or win medals, but it's just you gotta make sure you come away from it thinking I had a great time when I did it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, mate. You've sold Bedford to me, mate. I might I might send through a CV,
1: mate. Go for it. Why not?
0: Waterboy, <laughs> waterboy. I just want to cut the, t- the team bonding sounds class. I just want to be
1: there. <laughs> oh, mate, it's fantastic. Bedford got ta- Bedford's got talent. It's renowned in there the rugby circles. <laughs>
0: Well, we're definitely getting somebody from Bedford on, and we're going to discuss. Go on then. What was the best Bedford's Got Talent act you ever saw? at Your, your brief oh, there. Okay, fine. So, what, better just, yet, what was your what was your participation in Bedford's Got Talent?
1: <laughs> well, so I I um I was I was um I was rehearsing my careless careless whisper rendition by George Michael.
2: Yeah.
1: And I rehearsed it and rehearsed it and rehearsed it. And when it got to, got to doing it, I was like, this is really really tough. Actually, it's quite a hard song. Quite a lot of harmonies. <laughs> it was it was quite hard. So I ended up just going to my um, going to my kind of default of a teenage dirtbag by Wheatus. However, I'd previously <laughs> used that after a game before. So I was kind of put in the corner with like the the like the the maggots of the flies of the bin juice. I was put in the corner there. Um, <laughs> Lee Dixon was there as well because his song was terrible. I think he probably did Mr. Brightside. Like certain songs you don't do the national anthem. You don't do um, Wonderwall, and you probably stay away yeah, from the no. killers. Or but yeah and the best rendition uh, was um oh my god i forgot his name That's really really upsetting and quite embarrassing um penny sorry, his name was penny sorry he was a tight head um typical uh, fantastic like he looked like a pub rugby player fantastic what you need in the in the, in the champ really really uh brought the boys together and he did oh, he did a song by tina turner and he was he'd have he'd have i reckon he'd have done well on drag race uk he was un- really? unbelievable. Honestly, his fantastic pins. He owned. When I say he owned the stage, we did it, we did it in a uh, we just did it in a public park in the middle of. I think we were in Bruges, maybe, but um, <laughs> yeah, he absolutely owned the stage. He was fantastic. And what they do is every year the uh, bedford has Got Talent*. You um, start with the uh, whoever won it the year before, and Ed Taylor, uh, sung Ness and Dorma, like like just exactly like the Go Compare. Uh, what was it um, compare the market.com whatever it is? Sorry, not compare the market. Sorry. Um, go compare even. Yeah, exactly. Compare, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly the same as him. He was fantastic. And yeah, um, that was not my strong point, but I enjoyed um,
0: it. I love the thought of 40 boys sat in Bruges, like stubby bottles in hand, just double denim. Just, yeah. Is it a double denim attire? I yeah, love that. Yeah.
1: Then,
0: can- <laughs> Canadian, just, Canadian, tux- just, Canadian tuxedos galore. And you've just got one lad, just prop, just, and you've just got 39 other boys bawling their eyes out as Nathan Dorma's getting sung.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was it was fantastic. A really good day. Really enjoyed it.
0: I, I actually, like, there needs to find a way where somebody goes, like, why why you should take your kids to play rugby? And I just want sort to of show them that story.
1: Because oh, <laughs> your kids might end so... up
0: in Bruges in a Canadian tuxedo singing Nathan Dorma crying his eyes
1: out. No, exactly. There's there's so many, um, yeah, there's so many stories like that about rugby. It's, it's probably the best, I think it's one of the best sports in the world where, Everyone, everything they do is dependent on the players around them, coaches around them. Like everyone has to do the same mm-hmm. job. There's not many sports where everyone has the same job. So it's it, it's, a, it's a special sport.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I used to say all the time, I was like, the worst part about rugby is actually having to interrupt the fun to play a game. Like, That is the worst part of rugby, having to play the game.
1: Oh, I know what you mean. Like, uh, It's just... It, it's like it's,
0: it, I describe. I describe it as like cause up, up here, right. So when it like when it's raining and cold in Scotland, it's just it's miserable. And like you'll be in the changing rooms, there'll be like this one old shoddy heater from your old changing room that's like forty plus years old. You'll all, there'll be like a little square bench. I mean, be half the team sat on it, and you'll be having this awful banner, and the coach will be like, "Right, everybody outside." And you'll just be like, "Oh." <laughs>
1: right, that um, has really uh, sparked some nostalgia for me actually because I know exactly what you're feeling like uh I we were playing for I was playing for Gloucester and my, my couple of my best mates uh, Dan Murphy who used to be at Irish Gloucester and Tom Hicks he used to be at Gloucester as well as at Doncaster and the, uh, Tom Hicks retired now we were playing Northampton away in an A league game and we went out to warm up and when I say the heavens opened it honestly like it was chubby rain you know rain where like <laughs> it's it, it when was, it's visual
0: from like miles oh, away on the camera right? yeah
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was getting to the point where you it was sore it was hitting your face quite sore and someone had left their playlist on. So we all got back in the change room and we had like 10 minutes before we had to be out. So we, we like, were like, lads, have two minutes to yourself. And we all sat down and everyone had that, that minute of like A-League. Obviously, when you play A-League, different people have got different um, uh, reasons why they're playing it or different um, kind of what they want to get out of the game. So you've got the older boys like, I really don't want to be here. I'm just yeah. kind of picking the numbers. I haven't played rugby in a while. I'm thinking about retiring. the young lads like my first game. Can't wait, can't wait. And other players are like pissed off because they're there because they should be playing in the first team. And uh, I remember Daniel Bedingfield. I've got to get through this. Came on on the uh, <laughs> on, someone's, <stop. laughs> on, on someone's playlist, and I was I was in absolute tears, just laughing. Like I, I'm, I'm I, before the game. I, before games, I'm, I'm very. I'm not. I'm not banging my head against the wall. I'm quite relaxed, a bit a bit, a bit jovial. Oh, yeah.
0: You know, one of the cycle hookers, or it's like you no, will rip no, your no, head no.
2: off if you walk past no, him at
1: the wrong no, time. No, no. I'm a lo- I'm a lover, not a fighter. Um, <laughs> and myself, I looked at Dan Murphy, and we looked at Tommy and we both absolutely wet ourselves laughing. Like The coach came in. There's nothing you can do, mate. I'm absolutely, like, you know, you know, you're trying not to laugh. It was even worse. Yeah. And to the, to this day, uh, we've both got, we've all got, a WhatsApp, all three of us have got a WhatsApp group, and it's I've got to get through this. <laughs> so I'll always remember that whenever that song comes on, I just remember Northampton A League <laughs> playing for Gloucester, and we, we won that game. But oh my god. <laughs> it's Memories. it's stuff
0: like that you just can't write it's like of all the songs of all the song titles and you're like like you can see it's one of those ones that like, you look around the changing room it's like nobody wants to be here right now it's like it's there's always that thought it's like obviously not at a league but like sunday league level it's like you're half thinking you're like i'll take the 20 point loss if it means we don't have to go out there right now <laughs> but
1: no i mean i completely like another one another one was um when whilst we're going through dire straits and we were like are we going to go are we going to be go under we weren't going to get paid they yeah. said look we, we might be able to pay you this christmas and i was like we're like oh my god and that's when die young said to us look guys just look after yourselves make sure you get something sorted if you have to leave you have to leave we went in the gym everyone was like right we don't know if we've got jobs next year or whatever it's going to be i think it was charlie davis went on and he put on aloe black i need a dollar <laughs> <the gym laughs> session, class gym session boys mm-hmm. were just like oh we don't laugh we'll cry. And it was just exactly. bits, bits like that that were just fantastic.
0: Mate, it's, pe- it's people like that, like people that put songs on like that that you need in a changing room. Like you can have the best players in the world, but when you don't have people like that, it's it's not a place you want to be, so.
1: No, exactly. Like As you said, you can have the best players in the world, but if they're not team players or they don't want to be part of the squad, you get what happens at Toulon. They're successful for a few years and then they just go off the rails a little bit because there isn't that kind of longevity in that club. It's, uh, Sorry, Dave please. Sherry is still at Edinburgh, isn't he?
0: Yeah, mate,
1: the Sherry. Oh, absolute legend. Jay, I was, I was at David London Scottish. Oh, mate,
0: he's a he, like I, I, I was convinced he was going on the Lions tour after those last two Six Nations games. I was but, like, he's there, he's
1: mate, there. Honestly, he needs to write. <laughs> he needs to write a book because, like, when I was at London Scottish with him, that was only like four years ago. For him, to, for him, him and I to go, him to go London Scottish to Edinburgh to the Scot- to to end up winning the triple crown. He won the triple crown with Edinburgh, didn't he? When not it be England? Yeah. No, no. Last, what was the last Six Nations? Um, Do you mean the Calcutta Cup? Calcutta Cup. Sorry. What did I yeah.
0: say? <laughs> I, <was, Sorry. laughs> I was like, mate, I am awful at my job in social media if I completely miss my Scotland won the Triple Crown because I did not remember hey, that.
1: No, sorry. They won the Calcutta Cup, didn't they? Yeah. And that was his first first cap and he scored, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, like, yeah, he's doing very day well. Day. Mate, you never know what could happen. A couple of injuries at hooker. Who knows?
0: Mate, exactly. Like, a prime example. Make your international debut at... Well, how was Dave Sherry now? Dave Sherry, 30, was 30,
1: 39? <laughs> oh sorry how old does he look or how old how old is he
0: <laughs> this is my podcast <laughs> sorry sorry sorry.
1: another person that wants to knock me out brilliant
0: mate dave mate no dave's dave's a proper inspiration i've never he, like you say he's a very quiet man like he doesn't he keeps himself to himself like he's very much of he just well, turns he, up on the rugby but like he's a
1: he's, he's, a, he's a hugely intelligent bloke
0: mate um, he's a, He's an inspiration, like you say. Like anybody that comes on at that is is incredible. Yeah, like, exactly. to come with that agent and- for someone you know,
1: who for someone who absolutely hated rugby, like it's did he hate me? rugby? Oh, oh my God, he hates rugby. <laughs> but um no, he's a top bloke, and I, I wish him every success. He's doing so well.
0: Oh mate, no, he's he's an ins- he's becoming fast like a cult hero, like like a Peter Schumann, He's just a little cult hero. I think I think front rows get that upset, like Scotland. Scotland and regional teams, that like they look, they take such pride in their front row. Like, obviously, well, with the history of Scotland, have gotten, and then you get like you get people like Chunk Al Jacobson and people like that. So they get such, you get such an affinity for them that it's like, it really like they could be. I'm not going to say like rubbish because like to be an international player and clash with rubbish, you'd have to be pretty fucking good. But like, well, no,
1: it, uh, you'd love, you'd love like like you know Will Grigg when he was at the last World Cup. You'd love that kind of oh, uh, obviously, yeah. obviously, Will Grigg didn't. He didn't play at all, did he, but he still had a whole song about him. didn't play at all in that World Cup, but it'd be great for someone like that to have a have a song that everyone knew one around, around the world, but that's when you know rugby's finally got to where it needs to be when there's a song being sung about it, but
0: yeah
2: quite right.
1: fingers crossed
0: it's, it's like um, prime who was it oh, do you remember, like the old like blackburn teams of old, and it's like prime like Michelle Salgado and Morura Gavis and people like that
2: yeah <laughs> Just,
1: that like, happened like, in rugby that'd be unbelievable
0: oh. I might. Oh, that might be an idea for a future question for the podcast. I'm going to get you back on for a question. I'm going to. Oh. We're going to. We're going to make this. We're going to. Do you know, what? we're going to start it right now, and we can do it. So we're going to go for a rugby cult hero 15, like a cult hero starting 15, and then oh you just have to. P- you just have to pick one player from any position. You can pick the first player from any position. This this is yeah. an on the. This is not planned. So I want to see how Sean now deals with breaking this up in the edit. But
1: an absolute cult hero, someone who.
0: Just like, just oh. like, in the world of rugby, will always be renowned. Like, somebody you've played it, make it somebody that's like. Oh, it's so tough.
1: It's, <laughs> it's there's so many different things going through my head now. PC, um, <laughs> a cult <laughs> hero, someone who's an absolute legend that plays with the. Um, Joe Marler. Joe Mar, yeah, good show. Yeah. great show. Like, Someone, someone who's been banned uh, from international rugby because he uh, flicks someone's bollocks. That for me, and for someone who was shouting other players like during the game and not getting aware of it, just because he knew um, knew the referee, like things like that, (laughs) like he's trying to bring the old school back into into current rugby. And he
2: is—he's probably
1: getting more famous because of it. He's an absolute legend, and he is an inspiration as well. Going through all the mental health stuff he has, but having those stories behind him as well.
0: Um, No, I completely agree. There we go. Right, Joe Marler, you're officially the first name on the over 80 minutes podcast cult hero 15. There we go. I'm now going to have to make up some cheeky graphic for this when we finish and we're going to get that done. <laughs> it's, I can't wait for this now. I'm going to have to phone Callum and George back and be like, wait, do you fancy picking a player for a couple of 15?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, what can you say? What can you say?
0: Exactly. Right. Now, the big one. Tell me about Bristol Bears. What's it like? Because they are like everybody, they are at the moment like everyone's second favourite club.
1: So, um, we play Bristol. As uh, we're we we play against Bristol and like they were a we first half we did our best against them. It was all right. We conceded a few tries, and then second half they just um, look. It's funny because looking back on the game after I joined Bedford, I could see exactly what what they did. Bedford, uh, so mm-hmm. Bristol have got had the ability to have an A plan, a B plan, and a C plan, which is which mm-hmm. is very very hard with the layers. So I turned up at Bristol, and the big thing about Bristol is Pat uh, pushes, Pat's culture is very much it's family. It's it's, it's 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 the whole. It's all based on love. Um, sacrificing oneself for benefit of others the whole thing is if you know about each other know about their families know about the children you're going to that last two minutes of a game or that the last channel you know you're going to do it yourself because you've got something in common with that person yeah. and that's where that's where it came from the team hasn't got the biggest um hasn't got obviously it's got some big names now but if you think about exeter five six years ago It wasn't particularly huge names in that team, but they were successful in the culture and everyone could perform the same. Everyone could pass. Everyone could tackle. Everyone could be the best of their ability. And and they worked on that.
0: Yeah. It was like like total rugby. It's like total rugby, isn't it? It's like, you know how they describe total football, like total rugby. Yeah, exactly. Your your number only exists for the start of the set piece and kickoff.
1: No, exactly. It, it's, it gets, it got to the point where like, and the coach would come in as well. Everyone had a, everyone had a responsibility. Everyone was accountable to just know their role. So if every mm-hmm. person in that team has, I don't know, say off a kickoff, everyone knows exactly what they're doing. They've got mm-hmm. their role and that's it. Off the kickoff, when it goes, everyone knows what they're doing again. So it's about, if something goes wrong in a system, it, you can tell exactly who it is because it, it's just an individual thing. It's nothing's really left down to think about it. And I, when I went in there, everyone talks about structure and people don't like structure. And the whole thing is, the structure at any club it just allows you to have thinking time because you know where you need to get to. Now I can just think about what I want to do when I get there. Whereas if you like, I don't know, for example, say if someone's cleared a, cleared out their twenty-two, ball's been kicked back to the fullback. Forwards are kind of just like, mm, where am I going? Kind of just running back, hoping the fullback does something. Whereas mm-hmm. if you watch, if you watch Bristol play, if the ball's been kicked, I guarantee you'll see. Um, You'll see certain players going straight to the edge, certain players coming to the middle, and they're ready to work on a phase straight away. Just because mm-hmm. um, on counter attack, most teams are very susceptible to um, being line broken, as you saw against, uh, as you saw um, Bristol do it against Leicester.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's let's not talk about the end of that Leicester game, but um, <laughs> but no, it, yeah. So, I was
0: going to ask you your opinion on that. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> mate, I'm happy to, I'm, yeah, I'm happy to talk
1: me. about that. Um,
0: okay, carry on your story, then
1: I'll oh, ask no, okay, No, right. no, no. Bristol did. That's the whole thing. Every every player was upskilled to go to p- pass and have the ability to do what they needed to do. So, obviously, yeah. the whole thing was... The 10... So Callum Sheedy's fantastic. All he needs to do is listen to I mean, what his he's saying.
0: He is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, exactly. And he's like a robot because, obviously you don't want your tens having to look wide to see what's going on you want to have the information coming straight in that good information so pat calls it his commentators he wants to have his yeah. 12 and 13 constantly commentating to make sure that the uh 10's got exactly what they need and the wing has got the, the uh, exactly what they need from the information coming across and yeah. the forwards are just doing what they need to so everyone's aligned in that and that alignment between two and nine and ten and nine and front row back row is everywhere those little conversations are happening and now They're probably one of the fittest teams in the league when Kevin Kev Geary came in and did a huge job with them. And I see mm. it was probably the tough, toughest preseason we've ever done was that my last preseason? Um, but that made, in the
0: 20, the 2021 no, yeah, 2020,
1: yeah, yeah. The first, yeah, yeah, the, the fir- yeah the, before uh, the preseason before COVID, uh, yeah. not, not last summer but the summer before, yeah, that was mm. the hardest preseason we've ever done. Like the first week, like I was thinking, like, my whole thing about preseason is it's never going to be as bad as the worst ones I've ever had. And that first week, I was like. Oh, my God. It got better, though. The first <laughs> week was the hardest week, but it got better. Yeah. Thank, thank God I was... I, I usually... Used, you As you get older, you can't just not train in, in off-season. You can't just rock yeah. in and be like, yeah, we're fine. Some players can. I, I don't know how we'll do that. Uh, I'm not mentally strong enough to do that. I was an absolute... <laughs> I just needed to make sure I did about a 1,000 Broncos in, in the off-season to make sure I was all right. But no, mate, they've they definitely got on something now. Now they've added some players. I mean, semi-Midrata is an absolute joke of human being. Um,
0: he's. Mate, it was, it was seen, his. It was his first try on the weekend against Leicester. That was phenomenal. Yeah,
1: you know, I've never seen someone hit, hit hit a line in his depth. I, I've never seen it before in my life. There's no other centre on the planet. I don't think we can play like that. And there hasn't been someone like that. I, for years, honestly. I, no. Sunny Bill, William Bill Williams is Bill Williams is amazing, but mm. like would Bedrada is faster than him.
0: I was about to say. I think we're about to have the same opinion on the semi versus Sonny Bill debate. And I'd I'd completely say Semi's better than Sunny Bill. Is there, I think the
1: different players. Like, I think, for example, okay, I, I
0: know which one I'd rather have in my team. I'd take semi over Sunny
1: Bill. I, th- I think if I was playing, if we were playing like a, a quite a, quite a, a tight. So, for example, if we were playing, I don't know South Africa or something like that, I'd probably want yeah. Sunny Bill in the team just for that kind of physicality, grit in the midfield. But like when mm-hmm. it comes to a team that's a bit open, it's a dry day. You'd go Sammy Ryder all, all the time, mm-hmm. or even you'd, you. Or you could even put them at on the wing or 13. Imagine Sonny Bill and, and, and Sonny Redwild playing 12 both, and 13. Yeah. Yeah, that's just, both. that's just absolutely, that's horrific. That's just, imagine defending them. And... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you, <laughs> I, I, I would be a swinging gay if I was playing 12 or 13. I'd be like, look after you, honestly. I'd happily look at your number yeah. all day.
0: H- human turnstile. That is how I yeah. describe
1: myself. Oh, exactly. Yeah. The old, the old, uh, the old speed bump. Just literally throw yourself <laughs> in their feet. If you, if you tackle them, you tackle them.
0: Mate, I'd be like, do you remember that video that, um, of that Tottenham Hotspur security guard? And he's just like, and uh, you go, that doesn't even touch him. I mean, <laughs> yeah. just uh, after you try yeah, exactly. try, assist, try assist, defender
2: number 13. Samples, yeah, exactly.
0: I know <laughs> what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> right. We got distracted. We are talking about, we were talking about Bristol as a club. Like We are just talking about Bristol. And we've, we just descended into a little semi-radradar appreciation. 10 minutes there.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, what, what Pat does is he, he gets, play, for example, the year I was there, he basically went through the championship and went, who, who, who who are players that are going to be good players who are players that have been there and done it and got experience to help the players around them and that's what he did and yeah. some players now like jake walmore jake walmore was playing for um lucid was playing for he was playing for where was he, he was at taunton Played at taunton for a long time down in the southwest uh, went to exeter for a little bit didn't do great at exeter went back to taunton i think and then mm-hmm. played went to jersey did well at jersey and then him and jake armstrong got picked up by, by pat and they're both now playing first team rugby and Jake, I think Jake Armstrong's uh, Jake Wilmore, sorry, has played, he's almost at his 50th game, I think, and he's 27. And it, uh, that's what he does. He's upskilled his players well. I know that it's not mm. all down to Pat. Pat trying to gives him the push, but it's up to the players to understand what they need to do. And that's how he does well. Oh,
0: so, it's, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched it. Do you watch the thing on Netflix? It was like the Rules of Life. It was like the coaches documentaries.
1: No, I haven't watched those. but it's,
2: I uh, So
0: there's, yeah. there's like five of them and there's one, it's... Um, I don't know how familiar you are with basketball it's Doc Rivers, the coach.
1: I know who that is, yeah.
0: Yeah, so he's uh, he talks about his stuff with um it's so the the two I've watched, uh the one with him and the one with Jose Mourinho, and they both they both come from the exact same lines. They're like, I'm not here to teach the best players in the world how to play their sport, they know how to play. I'm here to like teach them how to play as the team and help them grow. And it's very <laughs> like that sounds very much like what Pat does from it. Well,
1: yeah, the whole thing is you want a player to come into your program and leave a, a better, more rounded person and player. So well, you, you're never going to bring in someone who is who's a shit bloke. If they're a shit person, you're not going to want... A Pat, Pat references all these players before he gets them. So for me, he spoke to loads of people about me and luckily they didn't all say everything bad about me. So... He, when he when I went for a minute. Like, no.
0: <laughs> well no,
1: luck, luckily uh, him, me and Eben and one as close as we are now. Yeah. Um but um no yeah so he, he he spoke to a load of people and people were very nice about me and that's important because he wants good people in that environment. And if you're not a good person you'll get found out and he'll just he'll just get rid of you. And oh. that's what you want. You want good people in a business, wherever any sport, any business you want good people that are going to help people around him and also grow themselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's class. right? Well, that sounds like you've had quite the career. You've listed off so many talking points. I could sit, I could do a whole separate podcast just talking to you about stories about your career. Like we could never get out of the changing room. We could just no, that, the that, that
1: that That would be a very explicit podcast if we went through all the stories that I've, I know heard. Uh, yeah. Anyway,
0: the, the, the after nine pm over an eight minutes podcast. <laughs> the after hours with Tom Lindsay. <laughs>
1: that sounds like some kind of dodgy program online. <laughs> If it sells, it sells. Some, some CD program.
0: I'm going to ask you now, like, it's a bit, it's a bit talk. So it's like, obviously you retired after that season or during that season. What's it like retiring as COVID? I know you spoke to Talking Rugby Union about this. It's a, it's a brilliant article. Anybody, if you get a chance to read it, definitely go read it. It's phenomenal. But so what's it like retiring and then like hitting COVID? So like, um, as, a, like as a rugby player, like, cause, cause the way the, the thing that draws to me when I see like rugby players, athletes retire, is you go from such a structure and then it's a kind of, okay, now go and do it yourself. And you're kind of like, Oh, this is new. Like nobody's given me a schedule of what I need to eat and where I need to be.
1: Well, the thing is, the thing is though, like I think when you're younger, you, you people drum it into your head. Look, make sure you've got something sorted out for life after rugby, life after sport, make sure you've got a degree, uh, be it an mvq be it like an apprenticeship wherever it's going to be making sure you've got something sorted when i was a kid it was like nah, no nah, no don't worry i just want to play i'm, I'm invincible i'm going to play till i'm whatever and as i as i continued my career i saw like unbelievably class players just falling off the radar because of their injury tom reese unbelievable bloke mm-hmm. had to retire tore his acl mm-hmm. and tore his acl again and actually, that was it and then you've got players like that uh sam jones played for england oh, so was going to play for england horrific uh, leg uh, leg injury and retired so it, it, that you had to i had to, you had to have a reality check and realize that you could have one bad training session or whatever it could be hurt your leg whatever it's whatever it's like rob horn rob horn mm-hmm. playing philhampton like the poor bloke um tore a nerve in his shoulder and he's never going to play rugby again he's never going to use his arm again
2: yes. so It's horrible, It's
1: it's horrible. And of course, and there's Mm -hmm. terrible things like that, like like Doddy Weir, all these kind of Tom Smith, all these players like that. So obviously, I spoke to more and more players. And I, I, I also realized that there's an opportunity to speak and make so many connections after games, during games with sponsors, fans and stuff like that. Players, sometimes players don't really want to talk to players after games or people after games. It's the best time to do it. Have a, have, have a conversation, make those connections, and that's what I started doing. So when I was the last few years at Was, I started then going right. Let's I started doing um, going out and doing some uh, some trial days with different people. Savills went through McLaren's construction company. Did some work with my my um, uh, my father-in-law at his construction company. I started dipping my toe into bits and pieces, coaching and stuff like that. So ticking off things I didn't really want to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So or ticking off things that I want to try and then work out. Actually, I didn't like that. So when it got to the later years, of my career, when I was 30, 31, I, I was doing, I was coaching a lot. I've been coaching a long time. Um, then I got the opportunity to coach Bristol bears women while I was still playing I had two years left. Just, i got the opportunity to train and coach there. So I was doing that. Um, so that went really well. And then also I, I, I offered to help coach at Colston school as well, rugby school. I helped, I helped do that in my, um, time off. I actually spent two weeks there as just a freelance teacher and, um, assistant there. So, coaching mm-hmm. whatever so you're, i'm building networks there doing bits and pieces and so when it was coming towards the end of the, my career or not my career when it came to the last year of my contract i was talking to my wife millie and i, I said look i've got opportunities to go abroad could have gone to france could have gone to japan america
0: mm-hmm. but
1: we we love we love where we live we love bristol and we didn't keep, we didn't on, want to keep on that
0: I want, if, if you're familiar with american rugby i want to talk about that because i think this that's good you so i'll keep i'll keep that right yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah yeah of course yeah um so I, i'm so from the thought that I was like, well, I'm really enjoying it here. And I said, look, if Exeter if come in and ask me to play, or Worcester or Gloucester, I knew that I knew the likelihood light, light, of that was quite low just because of my age and mm-hmm. bits and pieces. So I was like, well, I don't really want to go back from the Champ. I'd have to go to Hartbury. They train at six in the morning, and then otherwise it'd be down to Pirates. It's, just, it's not feasible.
2: No.
1: So I was like, well, look, I'm in, I'm in good nick. I'm I'm not injured. My body isn't falling apart. I think I'm not—we're not we we're on not, we're not the head, and that's what we decided to do. It, it, and it was really nice to do that as a couple because I think my wife—she did a podcast with the RPA with Matt Leake, Rugby Players Association—and and, and talked about how obviously your wives and girlfriends and everything like that follow you around the world. Like, yeah. obviously, it's a sacrifice they make, and they know what they're getting into. But it's still—it's still a very, very hard thing to do to uproot yourself to another club to another club. Yeah, for us, it's easy. Well, we can do that. We're getting paid, we got—you got, got forty—you got forty new friends straight away. But you, especially if you, go, if you go to France or someone like that, your missus is then like, all oh, who is she talking to? And she's quite is isolated. So it's quite hard. So she's doing really well in Bristol with her, her job. We stayed here. So I had two jobs lined up. I spoke to the Bristol Bears. Women wanted me to sign with them. And just I'd be the forwards coach and an assistant head coach uh, with Kim Oliver. And also Colson's were like, we want you to come in and we'd like you to head up um, uh, basically upskilling teachers and how to coach and uh, communicate with players. So that was something It was almost like, a um, what was it? coaching cbd that's what they, they wanted me to do um obviously then covid hit and that job kind of got made uh kind of redundant unfortunately before i even got it but the, the bristol women's stuff that was fine that we continued doing that and uh, i ended up signing with them but it wasn't until late may that i found out i wasn't going to be involved with bristol anymore because of covid no one knew what they were doing i was also the rpa rep there as well and that's when the 25 percent wage cut came in that was a difficult time period as well so i had to be the um player liaison officer for them and as 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 the players they wanted to talk to the board and, and that was tough as well so i was out of contract and also i was then going to the bristol board going you can't cut 25 percent off because it's not legal all this kind of stuff so yeah. it, it was a it was a really stressful period for myself and my wife but uh, it happened um i retired anyway um and i went into coaching and the last year has been a very very stressful tough year definitely but would yeah. i change anything no because i've learned so much about myself but if you you if you transition from rugby and you've got nothing ready to go, like, especially last year, you're in a lot of trouble.
2: Like, yeah.
1: You've, got to, you've got, I, I always say that if you retire, if you have to retire young, 22, 23, that's naive. But you have to, yeah. if you have to retire 34, 35, 33, and you haven't got anything sorted, that's blind arrogance for me. Like, if you've got yeah. a wife and kids, you owe it to your fam- family yourself to make sure you've got something ready to go. Otherwise, you're going to put yourself under unnecessary stress, develop problems between you and relationships because you haven't put your time into, into something to do. All you have to do is get, I don't know, an NVQ in something. Like, there are there are companies out there that will pay for you to get an NVQ or, or contacts. And there's there's people already doing stuff like that. For example, I think it's Tom Collins at Northampton. He has done his construction management and he's, I think he's 24, 25. And He's also got um, a contact with one of the, uh, one of Northampton's uh, sponsors, who's a construct. Mm. they a construction company, and he does one day a week with them. And imagine five, six, seven years on the line, you might do two days, three days, and eventually, when your salary starts to come down, you can transfer yeah, straight to you. Up, yeah. exactly. Then that's the whole thing. Mm. The whole thing is you don't want to come out of rugby or sports and go into a job, and you, there's no way you can be like, oh, sorry, right, I'll go straight into a job. I, I was earning, I don't know, whatever I was earning. Say I was earning fifty k. Don't worry, I'm going to go straight into a job. Be earning fifty k straight away? Absolutely not. You'd be bottom of the run of the ladder again. Maybe getting part time wages. It's just you have to have that reality check and make sure that you are thinking about that. And I, I think you should be doing it as soon as possible because when you're a rugby player, you get or when you're a sportsman, you get everyone everything free. Everything's free. Everything like a conversation with a, a CEO of a company. They want to talk to you because you're a rugby player. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't, they're not going to want to talk to you because you played for bristol three years ago like why well, do i want to talk to you <laughs> you're got to you've got to make sure you're a rare commodity and people want mm. to talk to you use people and make sure it's it's got to be a two-way street don't take 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 because karma's karma karma can be a horrible no,
2: thing exactly. absolutely
1: yeah, you've got to make sure you give back to them and see what you can do for them because it goes a lot further than you think mm. i think sorry, yeah i, pre- I think I pre-, I pre i preach there a little bit sorry
0: mate I, I i don't it wasn't meant for me but like there's definitely a lot of people that can learn from that and listen like i think every once again another little bit that people should listen i think there's like you come out with some golden nuggets just from because me and you've only known each other for a brief oh no me and you've known each other for almost a year now actually haven't yeah we? exactly <laughs> but,
1: yeah. Well, so, <laughs> but, yeah. not
0: many face-to-face
1: uh times but i think you can say oh, that man. about a lot of people i've, I've probably spoken to you and look, seen you more than my mum so there you go <laughs> mate but i talk should, to
0: every <laughs> That'll change. Twenty twenty fifth of July. That'll change. We'll all be face to face.
2: Oh,
1: I can't wait for that.
0: Yeah, we're going to discuss that. I've got a plan for that because this will come out around that time. Obviously, oh, people have had it. People have had an incident of when we record these, based on the fact we're talking about Bristol and Leicester significant events. But when this will come out, they'll be good. Right now, I'm going to get it in the absolute neck from all my fans and the people I've met through work if we don't talk about women's rugby, because I am a massive. I say behind the scenes, mainly because nobody knows my name, but I'm a massive advocate for women's rugby. I think the stuff the girls do is incredible. Like You see when you hear the stories and it's like, I've used my 30 days holiday this year to go play in the Six Nations. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I whinge if I don't get a day off so I can go and sit in the pub with my mates. So, But no, right. Women's rugby, just... How much on the rise? Because you were playing for like you were you were playing you were, you were playing for Bristol. Now, I didn't co- trans I didn't transition that way, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, so you coached you coached Bristol women's and they were playing like I was watching the games. They were playing some of the nicest rugby. Obviously, Simi Pam's run sticks out for me as one of the try lights of the season. What's it like? Like, how good is women's rugby? Like, why should people be interested in women's rugby? Obviously, you don't like you're preaching to the choir with me, but like, just let's just discuss women's rugby. Just how good is it? Like, you get speedsters like. I'm a huge fan of Jasmine Joyce as a player. I think she's phenomenal. Like how, like when you get these players like this, like how, why are people not watching more women's rugby? Is the question.
1: Um, so, right, first, yeah, it's the second women's team I coached. I coached the Cheltenham Tigers as well for a year and a half, and they were fantastic. I think the biggest thing about women's rugby is I don't think people realise that. Yes, that it's on TV, people can see it now, live streaming and stuff like that. A very small percentage of, of, of the teams that play in the uh, Allianz Premier Fifteens. So players are full time or even part time. Like you the England girls will be kind of full time. So most most of the being girls run full time, so they get paid all, a salary. They have to train everything like that. But that's mm. literally well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe 15% of, of of the league, maybe 20%, and the rest are doctors, nurses, teachers. So basically, most. Of, so obviously, we had quite a few Welsh girls and. Mm. They were teachers, uh, coaches, uh, obviously they had Welsh training as well. So they'd train at Wales. They'd work all day Monday. They'd train at, train at Wales at night and work all day Tuesday and train with Bristol. Or if they couldn't, on and Thursday and then play on Saturday. All while, dri- all while driving from Cardiff, Swansea, places like that, which is mm-hmm. hugely... We, we had Gemma Rowland signed for us, fantastic player, um, Wasps legend, Wales legend. She was. She was before she joined us. She was driving from Newport to Saracens twice. Uh, to was sorry. Two or three times a week, and like it just wasn't feasible. Like, things like that. You don't understand mm-hmm. the the uh, sacrifices they're making to, to to play week in week out just for the. And they're not getting. Some of these girls aren't getting paid. Like they yeah. might be getting. They might be getting a, a fee or not getting a match fee. But it's not going to even cost their petrol. Like cover the petrol. So it, it, it's it's a game that I think is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And mm-hmm. it just, the problem that I've spoken to, I spoke to quite a few stakeholders when I was at Bristol to so the universities and the, and the colleges mm-hmm. that are pushing in women's rugby. The problem is, when, you, when we, you, you and I were 17, 18, the exposure we had had already from the age of yeah. nine, coaching and stuff like that, I, I, I've spoken to players internationally now who are mm-hmm. representing England, never been taught how to scrummage, never been taught how to jump, uh, jump past in a line-out the why of they do this in bits and pieces. And that's not because they're not being coached now. It's because they haven't got the opportunity to be coached, to do that. Because there's so much going on. They he trains Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights. But yeah. they also did, they also from the ages of 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, did not have the, uh, the exposure to coaches that are upskilled enough in the women's game. At that time, mm-hmm. you, the best coaches, unfortunately, are probably surrounded by the men's game. We need to help upskill the coaches to help help upskill the players and we need to have better programs like if you if you've got a um, premiership academy pathway in the men's game you probably have you probably have eight or nine different points of contact from 9 to 18 different dpp centers county uh, junior academy senior academy integrated academy when we when i was looking at the bristol one we had um, i think we had the county program and then we had a schools program and that was it mm-hmm. I, it's just, it's just unfortunate the funding is not where it needs to be for women's sports. And that's, that, that's where it's going to have to get to. Like the RFU doesn't fund the insurance in the, in, in the women's sport, like, like they do in the championship, the men's championship. Oh, so, it.
2: what
0: was, who was the player? Was it not a player had to do a GoFundMe for, uh,
1: well, it, it happened at a few teams. And unfortunately, yeah. that, that's because some, some teams, um, uh, some some also going to be careful what I'm saying, but this, some teams.
0: Uh, oh yeah, we're, we're not saying anything to bad motor No, no, anything, no, 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 not, exactly no. no, no, no.
1: I'm not saying I'm not badmouthing anyone, <laughs> but what I'm saying, some teams have to. There's different medical insurance routes. You can have a have, have a pot to pick, get yeah. money from when that pot's gone. Gone, the players need to make sure they know they need insurance. So it's not it's not all as cut and dry, but it shows that the support for women's rugby is there. Uh yeah. oh, absolutely. Uh, the,
0: so the, it, final, the final only got like 15k less viewers than the Exeter game that was on that day, or didn't it? No, so. it, exactly,
1: which is huge. And
0: uh, long congratulations way that, to Harlequins, by the yeah. way. I know producer Sean is a massive Harlequins fan, so he was he was ecstatic when I was texting him about that. So no, was, Chelsea, it, it, Chelsea won the Champions League after, so he was buzzing with that as well. <laughs> which one? <laughs> someday, I, 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 someday for
1: him. Yeah, I wonder what which game he'd have had to, if he had to choose which game. I wonder which one he would have gone for.
0: Quinns, mate, I know him. He's Quinns. He's. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see if he's. Oh no, he'll he'll tell us after. He'll tell us after.
1: <laughs> no, no, but no. Like, it was it was it was a fantastic game for gay for rugby. Um, I, it's just it's just good that the league could can continue. It was a very mate, As I said to you, the girls weren't part time, and yeah. the hardest thing, mate, is COVID. I think having to work, train with COVID as well. We had one of our young players uh, mm. who had to isolate for. 40 days throughout the season,
0: 40 days
1: because of her job. She was, like, I think because of, she worked with quite a few people and different people coming in and out of the, of the business. She's mm-hmm. for 40 days. I was like, that's like something out of the Bible. <laughs> I mean, I, and she, and she, and she came back for 40 and played. Exactly. Yeah. Like she honestly completed Netflix. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. players, oh. not many players have done that. <laughs>
0: all right go on then what's who should who should everybody go i i obviously you're gonna say come watch bristol because we are bristol and we are great but like who's a play like who's a player that people should be watching out for like who's a because obviously you know you've every like you say you've got the england girls that are quite well known obviously scarrett's making appearances on bbc Mo Hunt is crushing commentary when she's doing commentary for games and things like that for Allianz. but who's these who's these up-and-coming players that you want to like you want people to get a hold on and watch so um, basically a blank check, who's coming to Bristol? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, no, I'll be, I'll be honest, Like the, the recruitment that we did during the season, because obviously there was no other teams playing in the championship. So recruiting was yeah. quite tough. So mm-hmm. I um, got in contact with certain teams and, and certain universities and we managed to get a few girls from the early 20s come along
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, Ella Loverbond, she started at 15 in the last game against Wasps. And I, she's in the under 20s now. I think she's going to be outstanding. She's got, she reminds me of Yannick Joseon, um for Toulouse back in the day. He, what he was,
0: what uh, a brilliant callback yeah. for just, um, Yeah, yeah he was exactly. He
1: was an unbelievable player. Yeah. And she's got this something about her. She's uh, also, when Jordan Darcy came on the scene, he just seemed to ghost through defenses. She's, she mm-hmm. glides She's a fantastic ball player. I think she's going to be a very good player. And, um, I hope to see her do bigger and better things. Um, another girl, Grace Crompton. She comes from, she's been playing rugby two years. She comes from a uh, uh, athletic background. She, I think she's fa- she's faster than Jazz Joyce, but she's heavier yeah. than her as well. So like Jazz is obviously an unbelievable Olympian, fantastic player, but those two players I know at Bristol. But looking around at other teams um, throughout, throughout the season, Loughborough have got an unbelievable pathway there. Um, I know they, uh, they had a young uh, young seven who got injured this season as well. I can't remember her name. I, apologies. I've
0: forgotten um, forgot it and I really should know it because I've spoken no, to
1: somebody about her. But the person for me who I really wanted to get to Bristol was Abby Burton.
2: She, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. from what? She, she,
1: she, for me, I think she's the best back rower in the country. Um, I know she's in the England Sevens program right now, but there are no no players I know that have got the dynamic skills that she does. And she understands the why of how to engage a player, how to um, put someone on the back foot, how to manipulate defenses. And also her natural leg drive, natural body height and the tackle. I I had a good conversation with her. She's really down to earth, fantastic amount of um, experience as well from her rugby league background as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I can see her being the future number eight for for England. And like, I, I she was for me. I spoke to Giselle about her at Wasp as well, and I just thought she's fantastic. And um, there is, I think, there's a few. The future is very bright with the with the England pathway. Um, just hope the league, because the league is the league is probably there's probably too many teams in the league to have the amount of players you need in English rugby. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why I think, teams yeah, like yeah. It, it, it's tough. Like you, you're going to obviously Bath and Newcastle are going to be pushing for teams now. London Irish are as well. So it's are they going to make I it th- bigger or they're going to replace the team? So that's that's a, that's a question as well.
0: I think if they change the rules because obviously you, I remember me and you spoke to it. I we mentioned the player. I won't I won't out them on here for but You were telling me about like the registration rules. I think if they got rid of that, I think the players would be fine because like you say, you've got the England pro or not England pro. You've got English players that can make enough of a living to justify. How it goes, and then you've got these registration rules. But the fact is that like, you've got you've got Scottish girls, obviously from up here, that are uni students, and then they're going and playing international rugby, or their accountants going and playing international rugby. And it's, I, I think it's I think it's like we said, if like if you got like you said, if you gave if you found a way to show that it was there, and you could actually get these players in. But like, I don't think the league's a problem. I think it's getting the players playing at the pro sort of standard every week.
1: I, mate, it also comes down yeah. to the fact that what like, wales haven't got any like they haven't got a decent premiership for the girls that's another yeah. thing as well so they're having to go other places scotland's exactly the same they, they want to push this european competition eventually to make the make it a bigger game and mm-hmm. and that way you're going to have better players coming through from england as well so it's you're saturating the league with with, with um, different countries which is not a bad thing but when it like when you've got eight nine different nine players from one country playing in the same team mm-hmm. that that becomes tough so there's a balance to strike with it but I just think I think realistically I think the games in the women's league is just it's just behind a bit when it comes to the logistical side of things. A bit like the men's was in 1998. I'm not saying we're at 1998, 99 now when we're professional mm. but we're not anywhere near 2021 if you know what I mean. So it's there, yeah, there needs yeah. to be a, a rethink there and, and I think eventually they're going to have most games streamed. I know there's talking about that. They need the TV deals to get sorted but mate, it's a very exciting time and I think the Olympics will help as well and, and, and the World Cup, World Cup next year in New Zealand, like that's going to be unbelievable.
0: No, I, I'm like you, I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's it's only on the up and I think the sooner Usually. people people get on board with it, they, it's only going to get better. So,
1: No, exactly. And mm-hmm. it's it's exciting for, for the players that are putting in the amount of um, time and energy now.
0: So if you're watching and you have a local women's team near you or you have a women's team sister to your men's team in the premiership if your men's team's playing away and you can't get to the game go watch the women go watch the women's game like it's just as good rugby anybody who tells you it's not has clearly never watched the game like it's good rugby
2: definitely
0: yeah go watch your rugby right let's talk about something else what should we talk about now you said us rugby how were you almost ending up playing in the year have you been watching the mlr
1: I have never, I haven't watched much of it, but I've got so many mates that are playing over there. So I I know I know blow I know boys at the uh in New York and the blues there. Um mm. my a good mate of mine, Rob i'm Ho- oh, not a good mate of mine, sorry. I, Rob Holy I used to play rugby with and I'm still in contact with. He used to play for Wasps, absolute legend at Wasps. Uh he uh went to ended up going to Wales with Sean Edwards and doing and basically shadowing him for years. He ended up uh being in charge of San Diego. He was the one who came up with the he he helped the franchise build it from the bottom ups, and he's just left, and now he's put on the he's on the USA Eagles uh, coaching team now. So I spoke to different players around it, and I knew uh, Don Warlock went over there. He played for Ohio, um, so I know that they're looking at making a Hawaiian team. I've heard that as well. Um, sign heard,
2: sign me up. <laughs> I don't know,
1: I've, I've, I've heard. I thought there was, I think, it, I think Kobe put the kibosh on that because I think there's a couple of boys that were ready to just be like, right, I'm going and playing in Hawaii for a few years. Yeah. Um, just,
0: like t- talking about playing rugby for free, if you're covering my cost of living in Hawaii, I'll play rugby. like I will yeah. shift so much weight and I will become so good at rugby if you tell me I'm living in Hawaii. <laughs>
1: oh, oh my God. Yeah, absolutely, mate. <laughs> yeah. So there it's just a demographic. Like I, I played rugby in Denver when I was the Saxons and Denver mm. uh, it's it's just unbelievable cities there, and the infrastructure at these clubs is only going to get better. Like uh, JP Doyle, he's absolutely flourishing over there. Like, oh, he, a, he, a, a referee, I, he's I, I, tweeted, I
0: tweeted, I tweeted, that was the best signing the MLR made. That whole, like, you had all these whole pro- high profile names, and JP Doyle went, and I was like, that is the best signing anybody will make, hands
1: down. Yeah. Oh, JP's a top bloke. I went to uni with him, and yeah. um, I've had good conversations with him, and he's just a really down to worth bloke. And I, I, I think going to going to America is probably one of the best things he's ever done. It's just He's just over there, he's enjoying rugby again, and it, yeah. it's great to see. And the the MLR is benefiting from that. And uh, hopefully there'll be uh, a way that referees in England, or there's a way, a pathway there where they can upskill themselves, pl- coaching over there. Because I know COVID has been very tough, because the RFU haven't been able to fund as many referees. And you've unfortunately mm-hmm. had referees that were refereeing in that three or local cluster one or something like that, having to referee bigger games. and. They haven't had the they haven't had the opportunity to get better or, or be managed, so that that is tough. And it's definitely a, a place where coaches can go over there as well and just learn their trade and, and learn different bits and pieces. So leagues like that, obviously Japan's a very different kettle of fish, but leagues like the MLR are only going to get bigger and better.
0: Uh, I think I like you said, like in terms of what it could be for a growth league, because like you say, I think I think uh, Ben Foden's a yeah Ben Forden, he's in yeah. a, a New York, yeah yeah i was i was, I was confusing him with phil i almost said phil Ford and he's he's not going to play for new york no ben Foden and ben Foden's a great example of one age of the scale of like the player coaching because you're playing such like it's a good standard of rugby there and you're getting to coach and play and it's like it's like we were discussing it, it's like a nice ease to your career instead of doing a league monday night pissing rain You're, oh where are we oh we're in vegas this weekend lads what are we gonna do <laughs> and it's exactly like that.
1: If you're single, if you're single or you haven't got kids, and your missus and she and your works freelance, or I don't know, has got a remote business, it's perfect. Especially oh, to yeah. enjoy enjoy a new way of life, the different connections you can make. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Chris Robshaw went over there, didn't he? he played for San Diego, and unfortunately, he just got a shoulder after his first game. But mm-hmm. the experience of going over there and like it's just it's just a way to a great way to have a bit of a swan song in, in a different league, different environment with different people.
0: Or even like I think there was a young guy that went over there. He went to he went to New England. New England's my adopted team in the MLR, and he went over there. He was he was like ridiculously. I don't think he's he may even be younger than me. I'm 24, and he went to New England to play, and he was like really highly touted. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's like I think it's a good way for that as well. I think it's like if you're breaking if you're a regular squad player, but you're not like a starting 15 or on the bench consistently. In terms of the exposure you get as well, because obviously with the rugby network showing every game free, I think like a young person they'd be like you said, if you're single or your missus is freelance, you'd be stupid to not try to get a year loan or a year contract there.
1: Well, I, th- I think it's I think it's something else as well. I, I've been thinking about it as well. The MLR need to what they need to do is they need to get into the the uh, schools recruitment. So when it comes, well, to... they've
0: the, they've got one now. They've got like a whole collegiate thing, like you know, like the NFL draft. They've got a US. Yeah, no. So no, what I
1: meant what I, what I meant was. Uh, in England they need to have someone coming over and talking to the big rugby schools and saying look you can either be in an academy for the next three years or you can come mm-hmm. to America and play in the uh, MLR get that yeah. kind of exposure or even uh, for example um, I've had a, I had a friend that was younger when he um, he got offered a, a full a full um, degree a full scholarship to go play play rugby in Hawaii and he turned mm-hmm. it down and uh, things like that uh, you can go to America get a degree get a scholarship and experience that kind of um elite high performance level that's different to England over mm-hmm. there while getting a degree and then come back and you've still got your experience and you've had a lot you've made lifelong uh, relationships and also you've lived in a different environment so it's just there are ways of doing it and not necessarily being in an academy from the age of 16 to 20 sometimes that that doesn't necessarily yeah. do you do you any wonders to be honest you don't really get you don't really develop any life skills
0: no, I agree. I think there's, there's there's no one singular path to doing it. There's no. so many routes to doing everything, and then yeah, that's
1: yeah. Watch well, the whole, the whole, whole thing. The whole thing is, mate. If you're good enough, you're going to get picked up.
0: Yeah, exactly that. If you if you're good enough, people will watch. It's like um, it's like Cal today. Obviously, we're recording this on the day. Our our good friend Cal got released by Wasps, but like I I, I messaged him straight away. I was like, I don't think you've got anything to worry about, mate. You're good enough. It's not happening. But like somebody like Cal, he's what. 23 yeah he's, he's, young, he's younger than me mate like go do a year and year and a half in the mlr get a good tan on you and just
1: right you can go to france wherever you whatever you want to do it depends on what's important what's what's going on
0: right coming to the end of the podcast now because i've made tom talk and it's it's always a good podcast when you forget you're the host and every now and again as you, <laughs> the end of the sentence you go oh shit, i'm the one asking him the next question so what we're going to talk about uh, let's talk about outside rugby. If you could pick one sport you could have played when you were younger, what would it have been?
1: Well, oh, this is always, always talked about in rugby circles, and you have like the big ones like golf, uh, Formula One. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 I honestly, like I thought about it. As, I, I think like a rode like rodeo. I'd like to have been like an unbelievable <laughs> like. Do you know what I mean? Like just 10, ten seconds, ten seconds of your life. Holding on with dear life with one hand, yeah. And you're an absolute legend, like, and I, you get to work, and you get to just like a cowboy. So that was one, <laughs> that was one, that was one line of thought for me.
0: I uh, never would have got that in a million years if you told me to guess. I never <laughs> would have gone
1: rodeo. <laughs> I was just, just thinking outside the box. Some boys would say, "I'd love to be a professional darts player," but that's you can see the angle there they're going for. Yeah, P- uh, pints, pints isn't
0: allowed on stage anymore, so that's probably no, not anymore.
1: Yeah, 10, 10 pre-match points isn't allowed anymore. Yeah. Um, it was that, or it would be like, um, I think it would have been, uh, what did I say I wanted to do? It was like, a, either all a sevens player, I'd love to have been like, fit enough to play sevens, just because you could. Is that cheating? You, have someone said rugby again?
0: Um, is that cheating? You can I'm say gonna, yes. I'll, I'll give you because you said rodeo. Okay, uh, rodeo. Yeah, I'll stick to my rodeo. I'll give, I'll give it because you said rodeo,
1: but if you'd said... working up for ten seconds. No, working up for ten seconds. I'm happy with that.
0: <laughs> how how did rodeo come about? Was it just like a young thing, or it's like is this like a joy and Friends? I want to be the first like astronaut space cowboy, and it's just like I just want to be that.
1: <laughs> yeah, play with my play with my uh, special friend Marcel. No, no, I. <laughs> I've been watching a series on Amazon Prime, and one of the one of the characters uh, is uh, like an all-time um, rodeo star, and I thought it looked quite cool. Um, <laughs> saying, saying that, last time I did a Bucking Bronco, I pulled a bit of rope off, and I had to pay it back at the bar. So I don't know. I'd have to probably... It probably wouldn't be a, a wouldn't be a stallion I'd be doing. It'd be doing some kind of cow or some kind of cattle doing it. That's probably what some... <laughs> I'm a bit heavier now than I was, so put it that way.
0: Oh, you'd be fine then. You'd be absolutely fine. Yeah. Uh mate bit of stuff for people when they're trying to unwind here what's your favorite like stress reliever when you're trying to get away from the world it's like what's your what's like yeah like, like what's your good just i don't want to think about rugby i don't want to be on my phone what am i doing like what am i what does tom does tom lindsay do to get away from the world
1: i really enjoy walking I'm, I'm really into it so during lockdown i when we could go outside i just spent like three or four hours
2: mm-hmm. walking
1: around bristol Amount of walks you do, the places you find, and just seeing a different culture around the city, and it's something I wish I got into. Like everyone talks about fat burners and stuff like that when you're a rugby player. The front row club, they're always either trying to. You know, there's no, there's not many people on, like oh, apart from like Max Leahy, who absolute sh- shredzilla. Um,
0: Mate, how good, how good are his interviews? How his his Twitter account? Maybe he will, he will end up in a cult fifteen in twenty years time. But like he will be. A-
1: if you if you google zig and, or youtube zig and zag from um uh from the big breakfast like years ago years ago that's what mm-hmm. he's like he's completely <laughs> off 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 the rails he's, he's such a good bloke but he does honestly i would pay to see that bloke going to love island or big brother like it would be
2: oh
1: absolutely tv, TV gold but like yeah he's a like him nick nick alterack they're just they're absolute specimens if you're in the front row you're always making sure your, your skinnies are good um yeah. trying to anyway or you're trying to lose weight so if i'd known that when i was younger about the walking and not everyone thinks like going for a walk is like pointless but no i really enjoy walking it helps me kind of refocus helps me just put things into perspective and and you just get that the buzz and that feeling of I've, I've i've achieved something today
0: no that's a great answer i really should do it i we take walking for granted right here i don't know if you've heard the famous song about the rolling hills of the borders but if you're looking if you're looking for good walks make sure you come up to scotland and then just the universal standard of 20, 25 minutes south of edinburgh and you're just left with rolling hills it's perfect so, so are you border reavers territory yeah mate that was my first ever rugby game my first border, ever my Border f- reavers wow right, down at netherdale down at gala on a friday night i remember my first ever PE teacher he we started playing rugby and i didn't like i we grew up as we didn't play rugby until i was like 12 and then it was uh, yeah it must have been a bit before that my primary six teacher was like Get to the borders. This is like pro rugby, so we went there and that was it. Hooked.
1: Oh, wow! My first experience of Scottish rugby was playing. Is Glasgow Glasgow don't play at Fern Ferndale? Is it Ferndale? Fern, where is no, no
0: they don't
1: play there anymore. They
0: oh, my Apple god, yeah.
1: yeah, that was uh, that was an experience, a uh, a social experience, put it that way.
0: <laughs> did you have a night what? out?
1: No, uh, Glasgow did I have a night out. No, we didn't didn't but i do remember the clientele hanging around the stadium were, were suspect <laughs> put, put it that way post po, pre 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 and post game
0: mate that's exactly how it should be we're gonna get i'm gonna i'm gonna make a mandatory blokes night out in scotland for one night if i'm coming to that's what we're talking about next we haven't talked about that yet kick for a cause how did you do how did you end up being the goalkeeper for our team hopefully the team sheet's released by now but we are you are goalkeeper for kick for a cause so when i was
1: younger i i, I did play a bit of competitive football and i was a goalkeeper um Oh, decent. We're going to win. That we do. Yeah, of, it didn't ha- it? didn't. Ha- oh, I suppose the reason was I was probably about 18 stone, and the goal was it looked like a a, a widely fitting kind of dress on me. That's how big I was. So <laughs> hopefully, I feel that. Obviously, it's. A, oh, I I enjoy playing a bit of goalkeeper. I I really did enjoy it. Um, so I said to I said I said to uh, Tom and I spoke to you. Obviously, and I was like, look, I haven't run for a long time. Like, I'm not saying I'm unfit, but like, last thing I want to <laughs> do is uh yeah, don't worry w- walk away my ha- walk away my hamstrings <laughs> kind of following me so no, no I, I really enjoyed it I, I was i was a huge peter schmeichel fan when i was younger same birthday as peter schmeichel absolute legend um i was just i was like you look back at get like teams like that and you you're like why in god's name did i not keep those jerseys i had some of those goalkeeper oh. jerseys mate those unbelievable like like you look the contrast your tv's gone but no that's exactly what it was supposed to look like or yeah. having, a, having a zip as a collar. Who who thought about that? That's a ridiculous idea. But look, it looks amazing. Functionally terrible, but it looks amazing. So that's what I, I, why I enjoy goalkeeping as well. So I'm looking forward to buying some new goalkeeper gloves, some new boots <laughs> as well. I know that Matt Jess is, is fully going for the uh, mate, Alice he band. Is, he,
0: I, he is buzzing for this game. <laughs> like, I did not think... Like You see when he signed it up and he was like, ah, oh, kick about. I was like, yeah, mate, I'll come down for a weekend with the boys, have a kick about. And then you see like Jesse in the chat and I'm like, I'm half expecting it's like send me a fitness regime at some point. I really hope he, I really <laughs> hope
1: he, he like has a, a complete like uh, a different kind of variation all over. So I'm, I'm looking for some like, Robbie Fowler kind of like uh, yeah. nose nose strips. I want I want a head guard for Peter <laughs> check I want, I just want all kinds of stuff. Hope for yeah, me.
0: I, I I want the classic like Peter Osgood shorts that like they're barely like legal in any sort of like way, shape, or form.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I'll, if anyone acts like Vinnie Jones and like grabs someone's bollocks at the kickoff, that probably wouldn't go down for the charity. <laughs> but look, maybe the next game.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. Saying that though, when I when I was like, yeah, I'm keen for it, I'm keen for it. I was like, oh, where is it again? So I googled it. And I was like, yeah. oh, I need to seem to seem to get a plane there. I yeah, I, was, didn't realize, I didn't realize where it was, but oh, I don't care. I enjoy it.
0: I was the same. I was, you know, that typical like I'll sign up for it and then I'll worry about the logistics later, and then you look up the logistics and you're like, oh yeah, I've not I've not thought that one through, but yeah, we're doing it now. we've Signed so up. I've, so I've
1: I've, I've I've planned all the uh, service stations I want to stop out. There's there's some there's some service stations I haven't done yet, so I'll, I'll complete that kind of sticker book of service stations. But um, oh, there you go. Yeah.
0: I'm planning the night out, so we're fine.
1: Oh, brilliant! Fantastic. <laughs>
0: Just mandatory. Pipe
1: so turbo, t- turbo shandies iron brew all night. Is it? That's the just, only thing just, you need. Just, just quietly. Just quietly. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. Sense sensible, ten to fifteen sensible ones, and then we'll go out and play. Then it will be bottles of Buckfast for all of you. All oh, the first time Buckfast.
1: <laughs> How? What, why is Buckfast huge in, huge in Scotland? When Buckfast, it, Ab- when Buckfast Abbey is about thirty minutes down the road from me in Bristol.
0: Because I, uh, you, you lot just aren't made of the stuff that can drink it.
1: I know, I know, I know that it's, uh, (laughs) it's an acquired taste and, um, essentially it's like, I've heard it's like edibles nowadays, but, um, (laughs) yeah, I've heard good things about Buckfast. I haven't had any Bucky for years. I
0: am. I, I, the last time I had it was my uni initiations and I feel so bad. I can't like, I definitely, Dennis, if you're still watching, I owe you a pair of boat shoes because we had to do it. So we were doing it and we had like six, I think they were belgian by the end they were we had six belgian boys in the team but we just thought they were french so we were in the middle of grass market in edinburgh which is like where they based Diagon alley just down from where they based that. yeah, so yeah. It's like lovely old time looking at things. and we were all singing the french national anthem we were in shit shirts that had the sleeves ripped off rugby shorts an item of women's clothing and rugby socks as you do and we had to sing the french national anthem but while you weren't singing we were all still in the line and you had to down your bottle of buck fast it was like one of the half bottles oh okay so cool. You had to down that and I'd never had fast before because I'm I'm adopted Scottish, like I'm English masquerading as Scottish, but I live Scottish, so I say I'm Scottish. So we were doing that and I was thinking, and all i would heard is this tonic wine is delightful. And I literally was, so I was down in the bottle, obviously you don't wanna make a mess of the town, we're very respectful. So we're one of the club captains holding up a bin liner in front of you. So if you are gonna be sick, you go straight in the bin bag. I got right to the bottom and I was like, you know, when you're looking at the bottle, bottom of the bottle through the bottom of your eyes, and I'm sat there going, I'm going to do it. going to be hailed a legend. I'm going to do it. As soon as the last bit hit my throat, my body just went, yeah, we're not accepting this as part of our bodily system. So I went straight down, missed the bin liner completely and threw up all over my club captain's shoes. And I was like, I, I, you know, I was expecting the text the next morning. Like, yeah, don't come back. I was like, oh, no, I've ruined it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, genuinely, you know, when you wake up in the morning with the fear, I was like, I was like, I was about 20 minutes away from texting my mum saying I'm going to have to drop out and I'm going to have to go find a new uni because I'm definitely not welcome back. (laughs) Just text your mum, help. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Help. Feeling fragile. Don't think anyone likes me. Can I come home?
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, help.
0: But no, there will be, I will be spending this time. Yeah. I will be bringing buckfast for everybody for the. Oh my
1: god! Brilliant! I'll make right, sure mate. I bring you some new boat shoes then.
0: Yeah. Oh, boat shoes will be mandatory. The 2018 Love Island night out attack. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Right, mate. We're getting to the end, so we're gonna do a nice little bit of quick fire questions just to get the real Tom Lindsay. No time to think. No time to media trainers' answers. We're just gonna quick okay. fire them. Right. So we're gonna start off. Easy one. Tear coffee. Coffee. Strong. Beer or cider? Beer. Bristol are going to hate you. If <laughs> mm. it's a
1: really, really cold beer in a cold glass, yeah. can't beat it.
0: Yeah, very true. Especially on holiday in the sun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Night out or night in? Night in. Ooh. Movies or gaming night in with the boys? So night in with the missus or night in with the boys?
1: Night in with the missus.
0: Strong. she can hear you you're getting definite brownie points for this one (laughs) (laughs) right arms or chest day arms strong answer again uh movies or tv series
1: i'm an absolute movie buff i literally watch films all week long right question
0: favorite film favorite film of all time
1: one favorite film yeah
0: Oh. if you you have a series of films i'll have a series of films But
1: okay fine uh pulp fiction blade runner alien
0: strong very three strong choices Right, score a try or try saving tackle, or is a bonus one? Or is a a a bonus one for you? Scrum the opposition twenty meters over the trailer
1: No, no, no. I do a try saving tackle. You're the
0: first first, first person from
1: from a scrum. Like if you can make the try saving tackle from a scrum, you've done very (laughs) well.
0: There you go. Right, playing or coaching?
1: Social playing, uh, professional coaching.
0: Strong. How do you like your steak, cooked Medium rare. Good. And right, go to action or a rom com.
1: Action. Really? Action. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not big for uh, rom coms, yeah. I'll happily watch rom com, but mm-hmm. like there's like 20 rom coms I could name. Like we what my 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 missus absolutely loves, like she's got like a list of 10 rom coms that just a go to, and I suppose it just like, you know, when, you, when it gets to the point where you know the words, like I mean, you know the script yeah. pretty well. That that's kind of it. But you still get a laugh these special ones, but prefer an action.
2: Fair. That's very Homo fair.
1: homoerotic. I love that.
0: <laughs> homosexual. That's what I call it. Homosexual.
1: homosexual yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> right. Now that we've found the quick fire questions about you, we're about to see what you think of your teammates with the teammates section. <laughs> okay. This is oh, where you get to sell a bunch of boys down the river. So, right. We're starting good. Right. Teammates with Tom Lindsay. Hardest tackler. So this be players or players you've coached. So you can if you've seen a coach you play. Dan Ward Smith, he's
1: played for Wasps, he's played for Bristol as well. Like an absolute mutant of a bloke. He had to retire, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Folds people like cheap suits. I love it.
1: Oh, honestly, yeah. <laughs> he sat more people down than a game of uh, musical chairs. <laughs> like he he's one of those blokes who hit you when you've got a, when you've got if you've got if someone hits you and you've got a tackle pad and you're hurting, you know he hits yeah. hard. So Dan Ward Smith for me was the hardest tackler i have ever ever faced.
0: Amazing. Who's got fastest feet?
1: David Lemmy. David Lemmy was a joke. He, uh, really. He, for a small bloke, him and Christian Wade probably got the best feet.
0: Oh, I, th- I forgot you played with Christian. Like I thought that would be. Oh. Who, who's a human? a human turnstile? You when you see when you see the guy running at him, you're just thinking, yeah, right. Try under the posts.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: Oh, These are the questions I yeah. live for
1: because everybody's had the same reaction of they just look away and they just go oh, oh god right Andy Goode. so Andy <laughs> Good Andy Good wasn't like it wasn't the best ta- ta- tackler technically. <laughs> However, when he came back from retirement, I, it's like he was a different person. He was jackling, he was tackling people. So I think Goode in his prime, he wasn't never known for his tackling, that's why Neil Back was in the team for Leicester. But yeah. For what he'd lacked in the t- his tackle tech, he was an unbelievable cult hero and fantastic rugby player.
2: Yeah.
0: Got it, right. Andy Good is the human turnstile. <laughs> right. Who's most up for a night out? Most player that you've ever had that was just like, it could be Tuesday at half three, you're doing conditioning, and he just goes, fancy a pint?
1: <laughs> Ed Jackson. Like, nice. Without, without a doubt. Ed Jackson, yeah. Um, and Ed Jackson and Charlie Davis. Uh, both played with me at wasps absolute legends
0: skype professionals i love that yeah <laughs> right who can't handle a night out
1: oh who can't handle a night out Is so, it been someone who smoked bombs or someone who always come but was an absolute liability
0: uh you can do it's so somebody you can't when i think of somebody you can't handle a night out it's the person that's in the taxi before like the streetlights have even come on but if somebody smoke bombs, you can out them for smoke bombing as well. George well, Taylor no. outed um, Matt Scott for smoke bombing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I oh,
1: Matt Scott. Oh, Scotty. Um oh, oh, it was God. Matt Scott? <laughs> it might have been Matt Scott. Because I, I remember I was, I was at Glossal with Matt Scott. I can't remember him on socials, really. Because I was usually the liability. Um, <laughs> oh, he was terrible in night out. Um, there was a bloke who played for Wasco, James Brooks, and like he i remember someone not he was being such a nausea on a uh on a social that someone one of the boys had to knock him out and put him under the table he woke up about half an hour later and just <laughs> cracked on yeah but that's that, that's that's a
0: story for tom Lindsay too tom Lindsay. Yeah. episode two yeah
1: about. i've got a few of those yeah uh
0: worst fashion sense in the squad that you ever or ever had as a player
1: oh my god worst fashion sense um, right, who's,
0: the, who's the guy that turned up and he thought where the hell did you buy that and who told you it was a good idea
1: <sighs> Max Laheef had some niche fashion sense but like to be fair he, he could have worn a, like, a set of curtains and he'd look good because he's absolutely shredded so <laughs> um, oh god he was just a terrible fashion sense oh my god John furrah basically what he wears anything that was retro so i'd go John fur it's usually a pair of a pair of like boot cut jeans with one of his thousand pairs of trainers that he he's he's like bought off ebay over the last 20 years uh <laughs> a t-shirt and maybe like a check shirt so i'd go John fura oh, you, you can't can't
0: believe a check shirt check shirt is a
2: successful
0: deal
1: yeah a successful I suppose yeah, I think that's the just it's just the that's the universal I, I'm, I don't want to be cold but I don't want to look like I, I'm worried about being cold so i wear a check shirt
0: yeah very good point right worst lockdown lids who who from the I suppose this doesn't really apply to you because the girls came through I don't know how this one snuck in here but is there any of your mates we've just got any of your mates that you spoke to from the old rugby days and you just went who's coming in with an awful haircut here
1: oh, okay um well, it was usually it was usually some of the academy boys like they just do each other's hair, and I think it was. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, I I feel sorry for, him, but Blake Boyland, young scrum half for Bristol. Mm. I don't think it was even a lockdown lid. I think he actually paid for it. <laughs> like, oh no! Like, I think he got it graded, but like yeah. it was almost like a reverse mullet. Like it had gone too far oh, up, no. and then he he almost it, it looked like he Jeremy Ronaldo from uh, from the World Cup. Yeah, Yeah, basically, it,
2: our name, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: it was like that, but a little bit bigger. So I don't <laughs> know. It was it was like someone. He, he, it's like he'd gone to see a groundsman at a, a, a putting green and asked for just what, whatever he yeah. saw in front of him. I'm surprised he didn't have a little flag on top. But no, like no, it was it was funny. But he got it sorted eventually. He just shaved it off. But like, it's, oh. it, boys go to some rogue um, barbers just to save some money, and for an extra two quid, I'd rather have someone cut my hair that I know that's used a pair of scissors before. <laughs>
0: Uh, who was the biggest
1: joker, like slash prankster, and the, who was the one that was always just playing pranks? Elliot Daly when he was first at Wasps, uh, he I reckon people left the club because of him, staff because <laughs> there, there was a period of time, period of time where he'd like hide in cupboards and just jump out and people and scare people, and like mm-hmm. weird conditioners that just had to leave because he just he couldn't deal with him. He was a big prankster. Um, I made I used to do a couple, lot of pranks on away trips. And I almost broke, I almost retired Ashley Johnson. I turned, I thought it was Joe Joe Simpson's one of my best mates. Um, He's at Gloucester now. And I I broke into his room thinking it was his room and I made the bed upside down. So I turned the bed upside (laughs) down. So the legs were facing up, but I I managed to make it so it looked like it was perfect. So I went into my room and I was like, you know, really like giddy, waiting to hear (laughs) someone go, ow. And next (laughs) thing I know, I hear a massive bang and like, oh my God. And it was Ashley Johnson. He jumped on the bed to lie down after a long trip. And next thing I know, he's in the physio room trying to get sorted. And he was sighting the next day and I never told him it was me. But, oh, my God, I think he broke the bed as well. I (laughs) I, I, I just felt terrible. But, yeah. uh, Joe Simpson is quite a bad prankster as well. He used to go in everyone's toilets. And I don't know if you know what a reverse shit is. I I,
0: don't know if I want to know, but I'm going to ask you to
2: explain it
1: now. (laughs) Basically, imagine imagine going for a poo facing the cistern. So it won't it won't drop in the water. It will just sit. He used to do that all the time. Um, and I know that, you know, You know, sometimes sometimes in hotel rooms as well, you know, like the, the mirror, sometimes the mirror in the uh, in the bathroom can reflect the mirror in like the hallway. Yeah. So if someone's walking past, they can see you. And obviously if you're <laughs> facing the cistern, you can look at the mirror yeah. as well. I think it was on like a 20s camp, and Nigel Rebman walked past, stopped, looked at the mirror <laughs> and Joe Simpson's there like laughing naked. <laughs> I don't think they said anything to each other. I just, one of those, I never saw anything, we won't say anything ever again.
0: I want nothing to do with this.
1: I I saw it, (laughs) but I didn't see it. So yeah, Joe Simpson's a good prankster as well.
0: Right, Joe Simpson and Tom Lindsay are the two best pranksters in Tom Lindsay's time in the professional rugby career. Who's the hot stepper? Who's the best dancer? Changing room, big win, 50 points smacked on the rivals. Who's the one that's got the, who's the one that's just toe tapping in the middle of the changing room?
1: Oh, who's got the best moves? Uh, oh god. Um Christian Wade, like had decent moves, but you can imagine like why the bloke had style, like well, what can I say? Like just an all, all all round top bloke and he could dance. Um like you'd have the other boys that just couldn't dance, who just stand in the middle of the room, just kind of like very very james haskell the classic james yeah. haskell like but um oh, i can't think else who's a good dancer um I, or whenever i think about after the end of a game or a big game you know i always think about richard barrington like he could he could you'd follow him to the gates of helen back every time saracen's win, win win the final or something like that he's there celebrating in the middle of the change room so you always need someone like that in a team but i know it's not dancing but richard barrington for me is someone who would that,
0: that uh, counts yeah hot step up. yeah he initiates a night out
1: yeah definitely
0: right who's the lad i've wrote it here as skips legs but who's the lad that you never see in the gym but he's somehow massive like you just never see him in the gym but you just every time you look at him you go i swear you've put on about 10 kilos of lean muscle
1: okay there's two different ways of thinking about this it's alan powell sorry mm-hmm. sorry um not alan powell sorry um uh no, it's Adam Powell. Sorry, that's different. Adam Powell's one of my coaches when I was a kid, sorry. But um yeah. Powell, I he uh, played for Lions as well. Um he he was an unbelievable Nick. Always yeah. an unbelievable Nick, always got bigger, always got leaner. But I'm gonna leave it there. But he was for me one of the he's another cult hero for me. Um obviously what he did on with it with his uh, golf cart and stuff like that. Him and I got <laughs> in trouble. Him and I got in trouble in Poland. We flipped a car together, but was ended up being a delivery car for a pizzeria that couldn't work the next day so we, we got in trouble we got in trouble for that but um no he's an unbelievable bloke but um burger he, he didn't didn't do weights no hey hated doing weights but was an absolute enforcer he would you go around the gym at sarah's and just do like rehab and stuff and a lot of like maintenance stuff for him but he didn't do many weights and like if someone how, how how attritional and how physical he was i uh, was outstanding <laughs> like there's it's, it's not many boys that do many big weights, but um, yeah, I remember Schulte Berger watching him, and I was like, "How, how he spoke was won World Cups. He's dominating New Zealand, yeah. and like he, he 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 almost became, he almost was ended up being a cricketer. Didn't really want to play rugby. He was, he was a cricketer, and someone gave him a go, and ended up playing for South Africa. So <laughs> Scholberg, be, it must be nice to be that good at two
0: sports, eh?
2: <laughs>
1: uh, when, I, when, I find, nice. when when I find out, I'll let you know. I'm, I'm just about good. Yeah. I, I was almost right at one sport before I retired.
0: Uh, but there yeah, you go. you're you're almost goalkeeper as well. From what? Yeah, exactly. Well, look, exactly. Still time when the when the scouts come on July 25th, we'll, we'll
1: mate, exactly, exactly. Who
0: who knows? Do, do, do a Dave Cherry? You might be playing at the next World Cup for England,
1: mate. Exactly. Oh, why not? Why not? Yeah. I know they're, they're having trouble at the moment with keepers, so I will just keep my phone on loud. Hopefully Gareth exactly. Southgate will give me a call. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, who's the future gaffer? Who is one of the players that you're sat looking at, and you're just like, you you've got culture written all over you. Like just knows, like knows rugby, loves rugby, spoke rugby, lived rugby, and was just like, "I want to coach when this is over." Um, let
1: me think. I saw that with Rob Holy but he is now a coach. So a yeah. current player who's probably gonna. Oh, let me think. Ooh, uh, Mark, Mike, uh, Mark Irish. So Mark Irish at the moment is a forwards coach at Worcester. Obviously, mm-hmm. John, John Thomas was was at Bristol. Was with, with me. And so it was um, Mark Irish. And they both went over to Worcester and ran the forwards. And obviously, JT is now head coach. I could see Mark Irish becoming a, a direct, director of rugby, but he's just so calm and calculated. And he was very honest, so I'd love to see him become a director of, of rugby or head of rugby at some team, and, or or even an international coach. He just knows rugby and he knows how to talk to people and get the best out of them. Yeah,
0: that sounds like perfect director of rugby right there. Right, who's best tunes? Who's like who's the guy? Who's the guy that's got the best music taste for post game or pre game? Obviously, whoever's not firing out Daniel Bedingfield 20 minutes oh, before the yeah,
1: game. Yeah, that, yeah, that was that, that. That actually made me feel better about myself. Um, let me think. Who's got decent tunes? Because you you always want someone like, especially in a gym, someone to put on decent tunes and not have someone shout next. Like and that always happened, or, yeah. or bang a gong. Sometimes you'd have a, a gong in the gym, and someone would just bang the gong to be like, "Get that next yeah, song up!" Or get that, yeah. Um, let me think. Uh, Jan Thomas. Jan Thomas has got Although he's got the voice of an angel um he has got an unbelievable mu- music taste place you wouldn't expect it from the from the dancing bear but he he yeah his music taste was fantastic and it used to get the boys going for the forwards gym so yeah uh, nice if, if you can see jonathan for a toe tap and you know something's going well <laughs> i
0: would be so scared just trying to see John jonathan for seal of approval i just feel like john if you just make any requests it will just go on oh away, thing is, no, the, whole, the
1: whole thing is like if you're like, oh, I've got a great playlist, no matter what you're playing, boys are like, no, next, get it off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Give me the best song in the world now, get it off,
1: just to kind of bring there's, there's
0: some it down. This song they've requested, but it's because you put it on. They're just
1: like, no, next. I was saying that one of the um, young bats came in. Is like everyone found out that he was a drum and bass DJ. Um, mm-hmm. So they were like, fine, yeah, whack it on. Honestly, it was like a drum and bass DJ from a pirate radio station from like the late '90s. Like, <laughs> it was the, the quality music was awful. It was just. I like drum and bass and it was it was no pendulum, put it that way, it was horrific. And I think I think he got asked to leave the gym. He didn't just get asked to turn his music up. he asked he got asked to leave the gym and make him do his weights outside in the rain, just because that's how disappointed the boys were. <laughs> so there you go. It's
0: tough growing up in the academy. It's
1: tough growing oh, yeah. up. <laughs> you're gonna earn, earn your stripes, earn your stripes.
0: Exactly. Right, who's hard as nails? Who's the one guy you're like, I would never fight him in a month of Sundays?
1: Let me think, he was hard as nails. Um, Richard Hibbard plays like on the line. He has no, doesn't really care about his body, puts his body on the line over and over again in a street fight though. I don't, I don't know. Like, what it'd be like in like a street fight, obviously, from from my experience of, of battling in the streets. Nice. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, yeah, I think the way you were, if I was battling in the streets, yeah. did not know favors there either? P-
1: yeah, pistols, pistols or swords at dawn, if you know what I mean. That's yeah. kind of um, no, uh, from my vast experience of yeah battling. Um, Jan Thomas, it's like he slipped me 20 quid or something for his interview. Um, he He's a he boxes as well. And if you, yeah. I, uh, Max Heaps already mentioned it. If you watch him tap in the bag, I, I know he's boxed a long time and he, he he's he glossed, he glossed through and through. Um, and yeah, he's someone I wouldn't want to mess around with, to be Saying that, actually saying that, I, I was on a night, when I was at Bedford, there was one of the players, I wouldn't say who it was, it was a, one of the players there, really calm, really quiet by uh, another hooker and really good bloke. And, uh, we were in this little French town and um we, we ended up staying at this club, having a good night out. But this time is tiny. and we, but Imagine we had like 30 Bedford boys there or whatever it's going to yeah. be. And we were really enjoying ourselves. We basically took over this club. And that's what happened. The locals weren't very happy about it. And I think the local lads came down and just tried to start a few scraps. And uh, one of the boys one of the boys, got punched and ran in and was like, someone's someone hurt my nose. Like, one of the boys, he was not a... He's not a uh, scrapper, he was more of a, yeah. a, a a peace preacher, if you know what I mean. One yeah. of the boys went outside, and you could see him like rolling his shoulders, a bit like Brad Pitt in a uh, snatch. Yeah, next <laughs> thing you know, next thing you know, knocks out three blokes, just knocks out three, and like a combo one of those where you're like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. never, ever, <laughs> ever taking the piss out of you ever again. And then, what there was another boy as well that couldn't, he, um, I think he got his arm in a sling,
2: yeah.
1: He was running around booting people like it was going out of fashion. <laughs> so these two, <laughs> these two were like just—it
0: was just. <laughs> my, my guy was trying to hit goals from the halfway. Oh right? my <laughs> god!
1: <laughs> Honestly, they just dispac- They dispatched the entire local kind of uh, fam- familiar, if you know what I mean. And I, yeah. I, I, I was just sitting there like I didn't know whether was a clap or call, call an ambulance. Like it was unbelievable. <laughs> but yeah, from then on, like, you always worry about the quiet ones, don't you? Like the boys that were really like giving it large, were just there like picking up the pieces.
0: So, I love the, the thought of this tour bus the next day and just two seats at the back being available for them that weren't there the day before. What's so, funny yeah, you, that, you can sit at the back today.
1: I think what's funny is one of the boys, that the one that was like <laughs> kicking field goals for fun, yeah. he didn't remember it the next day. He was like, I can't, I don't understand my foot. It's killing <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> uh, he goes, like, oh, my, my knee to wall. I don't know what's going on with my knee to wall. It's like one centimetre. And everyone's like, um, <laughs> I'm no, no idea, mate. No idea. The other guy obviously knew exactly what was going on because his fists were absolutely killing him. But no. Um The quiet ones, but Jan Thomas for me would definitely be handy. I think right. if I was if I was orchestrating a street fight, which I Wait. won't ever be doing in the future,
0: in my in my world of wildest dreams, that I want to organise like a four way round robin between Richard Hibbard, Jan Thomas, and these two lads from Britain,
1: the uh, wild the wild cards. Who would you yeah.
0: have as a special guest referee though? Oh mate, I don't know. I because it was such an outrageous thing, I'd pick some. I'd pick. Um, I'd go Jim Hamilton. Just after that video
1: of him against Glo- Have you seen see the video of him with Gloucester? And Gloucester oh when they're, the yeah, yeah, yeah. they're walking off
2: the pitch, yeah, yeah. they're walking
0: off the pitch. Yeah. No, I'd have like something I'd have somebody roll like Backy's Botha or something like that. Just a proper enforcer. Uh
1: yeah, that's a that's a great <laughs> shout. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> just i just or I'd pick the world's like least convincing like just chuck Peter Stringer in there or somewhere. Just go, right, keep, keep control of that.
1: <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that'd be uh
0: Turn that yeah. Peter Stringer is tough as nails, man. How anybody plays that long for him, like, I don't know.
1: No, exactly, like, it. more, yeah, fair play right. to him. He, he was like the, the fine wine, just got better with age, didn't he?
2: Exactly.
0: Right, last one of the teammates section. Which player hogs the mirror in the most post-game? Like, he's had a cracking game. You know he's got a man of the match coming up on Sky Sports. Every lad's just trying to get the hair gel in and get out on the night out. Who's the lad that stood in front of the mirror taking ages? Andy
1: Uren. Like, right. really? fantastic, fantastic player. Um, like, not, not, not the sharpest tool in the box, but, like, a fantastic player. Um was very vain, but like as long as he was happy when he played, I didn't really give it I didn't really care. But yeah, definitely he was making sure he was good for his Instagram pictures and um his post match conversations and then uh just making sure he, he uh made contact with enough people after the game to to keep him relevant. But no I think he's a top <laughs> lad and and yeah definitely one of the most vain players I've seen. There we go.
0: That's teammates with Tom Lindsay. Everybody has just been so down the river. All I know is Jan Thomas is tough as nails now and he could actually batter anybody in the gym. So.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm. I, I could talk about something else he's known for, but I'm just not going to go go there. Yeah, we'll
0: save it yeah. for we'll save it for him when he comes on the podcast and go.
1: Yeah, Tom had a story
0: that he told me to ask you about. Yeah, <laughs> care to discuss? <laughs> and also, know <laughs> never to go for a haircut in Bristol.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. No, no, don't. Yeah, you, you, you mate, don't You'll, you'll, you, you'll be trending, but yeah. I don't think you'll be particularly happy with your, uh, with your haircut.
0: Mate, I was I was rocking an eighties curly afro until like twenty nineteen, so don't worry about it. Like I didn't know what a fade was until then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh god, yeah, I haven't cut my hair at all, so um, I, just, yeah. I just I just I just look like something from Tudor England. That's all, mate. And I've got <laughs> and I've got and I've got, the, and I've got the gout to prove it. Honestly,
0: <laughs> Wait, you're only thirty three. You wouldn't describe yourself like you're sixty
1: eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm Henry VIII, mate. He died very young. <laughs> actually, that's actually my missing thing. I'm gonna go through six wives now. No, no I was
0: gonna done. say, why, why would you put uh, Henry? At his left? Uh,
1: yeah, it's like, oh yeah, to be fair, I was thinking of any. I think of, I think of someone who was like festively plump all year round.
0: Yeah, she knows what you mean. She, you'll be fine. Yeah, She'll yeah, fine. She knows, yeah. <laughs> right. The final question of the whole podcast, and it's the one I gave you a chance to prepare yourself for, and you were buzzing with it. You've got night outs ended. The boys have just put fifty points in the biggest rival. Leicester are there, no wins whatsoever. You're there. You've got somebody turns around. Even better, Jan Thomas turns around, hands you the thing. He says, I'll spark you out if you don't pick three great pop songs to get the boys inspired for a night out. What three songs
1: are you picking? So I've gone for Flock of Seagulls, I ran. Great song. That song. Um, so. Just because it's an 80s belter. Unbelievable lids in that video. And it gets to, it gets the people going. Not Even even if they don't know the band who sung it or what name the song is, they'll know it mm-hmm. straight away. Um, my second one it would probably be um, Darude Sandstorm, just a, <laughs> a, a bit of horrible techno from the 90s. Um, Cornish Pirate, you know, Cornish Pirates obviously run out to that song, which is yeah. for me, one of the greatest things. It's one of the reasons why I probably wanted to play for Cornish Pirates, just so we have to run out to Darude Sandstorm. Um, and the last one for me would be uh, Flow Rider Right Round. Everyone's seen The Hangover. Everyone knows yeah. how that song goes and everyone knows what happened. So when you hear that song, you know it's going to be a good night.
0: That is such a great choice. Is it, is it in that order as well? That's the order the three were going?
1: Yeah, it's almost like a, it's almost like a. I ran, just because you know, you're getting ready for it. It's quite a chilled out song, 80s, getting ready for it. Darude Sansom, that's song. people
0: singing as well. That's the good part yeah, of the first time. people singing as attention.
1: well. Darude yeah. people are like getting buzzed up, they're enjoying getting a few drinks and, and then, you know, it slows down the right round, everyone's like, gets that look in their eye, they're looking sharp, ready to go out, end of the season, next thing, next thing you know, it's Mad Monday and they've been at the ship for three days so it's, it's one of those mate so that's the three songs i go for
0: there we go so tom lindsay officially knows how to start a party post win right that's us that's the over in 80 minutes podcast it is definitely it's not over in 80 minutes it's over 80 minutes but there we go when you're having fun time flies tom thank you so much for coming on it's been so good i like i said earlier at times i forgot i was the host because you were just talking away and it was incredible so thank you very much for coming on where can people get you on social? Where can they follow you on social? What's the links? Where should they be?
1: Um, Well, firstly, they will be down below.
0: Oh yeah. Firstly, thank (laughs) you so much for uh, having me on.
1: Um, I am at TomLindsay02 on Instagram. Uh, I think I'm the same on Twitter, um, but same at Blokes. If you follow at Blokes as well, I'm on there and um, give as much love as you can to our blokes. You guys are doing a fantastic job. And the more uh, love we can get, especially for our, um, our football match, uh, to raise money for that charity as well. I think that'd be very helpful, but thank you very much. And um, I look forward to following the podcast the next person's on.
0: Mate, no, absolute pleasure. I can't thank you guys enough. The first guys that are coming on, when it's me, just send you a message through personal Instagram accounts going, I promise this isn't a weird request. I generally do have a podcast if you want to come on. But no, thank you for coming on. Like you said, Kick for a Cause, 25th of July. We're going to get there if you can't make the game, but you still want to donate, there will be links kicking about everywhere. Like Tom said, all over blokes, all over our pages. Make sure you follow the podcast, make sure you subscribe, like, rate it. It does more help than you could ever imagine. It makes everything go a bit smoother. Uh, we've got great guests coming up, chats like these. Who knows? You might hear something you didn't have and Tom comes on and you've got great bits of Intel telling you how a young players should work on. And yeah, like we said, watch your women's rugby. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to to Tom, follow Tom, like Tom's posts. He comes out with bellers. Thank you very much. See you guys all again soon. Stay safe and stay happy. See you later.